Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 266, The Belko Experiment, the movie. We won't actually be conducting the experiment. Oh, that's good, because oh, I've seen the movie, buddy. and I hope that isn't the... I think <laughs> we all know I die first. <laughs> <laughs> Who would, out of the Real Spoilers crew, who's the last one to live? You. I know. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want somebody else to say it. <laughs> I mean, that's just a given. Like, you, you're a gun owner. <laughs> that's also true. You're trained in these sorts of things. Also correct. I'd be the first to go. I Well, I feel like I would want to keep... I think Dan like, would run around in circles, and we yeah, would probably die. Yeah, I feel like Dan, of, Dan would run us through, like... We would, yeah, go, we would have heart attacks before we got... Exhaustion Dan. before we got a moving target. I mean, he looks like he's pretty quick. Do you see how much he runs? He like runs that's, a, He <laughs> likes to run. He runs a lot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it's something like this. I would just be like, I'm not even going to try. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they kind of like even. some of these people. Like, uh, all right, we'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> real quick, let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick uh, shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, uh, subscribe, and join the League of Show Sharers at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers by liking our Facebook page and then sharing the show on your Facebook page. Or you could share it in real life. You could just go around and. <laughs> Just pack up things at Starbucks like Kevin said. I don't know how we would quantify that and know that you've joined the League of Show Shares. Perhaps you could take a picture or something. I don't know. Please. I don't know. Send us your picture Sounds. of Starbucks uh, cork boards with, no, <laughs> with written gonna, hyperlinks. If you're going to hang it up anywhere, <laughs> hanging up at a movie theater. That's true. That's, yeah. you know, but... Uh, before we dig into the movie too much, uh, I would also want to point out that you should stick around to the end because Kevin sat down with the stars of the film, Michael Rooker and Sean Gunn, and he has interviews with both coming at the end of this episode. So uh, there, I did our shameless plugs, and and now we will dig into the movie proper. Dijour. So yeah, this movie has been kicked around, I think, for a little bit. Um, from what I understand, this was going to be James Gunn's next movie if he didn't get Guardians. So he had this idea since, I believe, somewhere around like 2009. I believe it. So, yeah. I mean, Guardians was 14. Obviously, he made it for a couple years before you that. Gotta, but you got to wonder. So here's a movie about people that work in a cubicle farm type office environment and they're all killing themselves yes. killing each other right violently yes. horrifically watching these office place archetypes be turned turned and just brutally murdered yes in graphically violent <laughs> ways and then you look at this through the prism of at one time <laughs> this gentleman was married 
Yes. <laughs> to Pam from The Office. Correct. It's Interesting. So, it's like, maybe, I mean, that show was on for what, eight seasons? Eight or nine? Eight or nine? Yeah. Like, it, or it maybe probably, just because of his relationship. Like, it just was top like of it was in his, it was in his yeah. brain. Or, you know. It came to him in a dream. You know, that's think, how he got this you idea. Think, yeah. People who you know you watch Office Space. Pam in the office has come to me in a dream attack. <laughs> well, well, we hope you're not listening to this, James. Since, <laughs> since we do have or, interviews with your brother or, and Michael Rooker, or Jenna. Like I think he knows that that his ex wife was attracted. His ex wife at one time he was attracted to her. Yeah, that's right. I think there. I think it was as amicable. It was a, it was a mutual as thing. a yeah, divorce think, can yeah. be. Like Absolutely. they, she like congratulated him on Twitter when yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy did so well. And like yes, I believe. Do, do you still... see my ex wife congratulating? <laughs> no, no. Me for anything? No, I believe they're no, still, they're no. still friends. And, now yeah. she would probably also have to be literate <laughs> to go onto the Twitter. How does this work? I yeah, don't know. but, but uh, we, should, bleep, bleep. we should mention we do have interviews with James's brother Sean. Oh, who, look at that! Uh, who's, the, a, you know, who's a main character? Uh, yeah, and of movie. course uh, James Gunn and, and Sean I just Gunn ruin that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, James and Sean Gunn are both from St. Louis. Yep. So I was able to talk with Sean and then also Michael Rooker, who's in the film. Yep. So and yep. they'll they'll both be here in St. Louis for Wizard World Comic Con, which is April seventh through the ninth. So if you are in St. Louis or live nearby, come check it out by Jason David Frank. Uh, no, he's yeah. not here this year. What? Yeah, he's not a guest. What? Thanks a, okay, lot. Thanks a lot, of Wizard World connoisseur, Jason. So David now Frank. that I'll be sending this to Wizard World, I will be editing <laughs> yeah. that out. But, oh, no, uh, I'm not calling Wizard World. It's like Jason David Frank. <laughs> That's completely different. Uh, yeah, so this one starts off there. It's it's your typical office, like an office space where you see all of your characters oh, and traffic, going to, yeah. traffic going to work. So in this one, but no gangster rap. No, ga- no gangster rap. And, but I support, office- I support his entire catalog. Office Space did not celebrate. have... Yeah, celebrate. Sorry. Celebrate. Yeah, yeah, celebrate. Sorry. Get it right if you're going to make I a know. quote. Also starring a guy from this movie. Yeah. John McGintley is that guy yeah. in Office Space, and he's yeah. also in this. Ah. What do you mean? Well, that guy. He's so... Oh, that's the, talking the, the, the to two, the Michael two, Bolton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. sorry, because I mean, when you said that guy, because I'm thinking like, Michael Bolton, that wasn't him. No, 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 no. Like, he's, one of the, he's one of the two, talking like whatever their name, like yeah, yeah. The, the two the, Teds or whatever. No, the... um. The two yeah, guys the, the, that are interviewing Michael Bolton, yeah, and, and interviewing everybody, and he is also in this as one of the yeah. crazy characters. Bob's, two Bob's, the two the Bob's, Bob's, the Bob's. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, because I'm like, how? Do, but I was going to say Office Space did not have a uh, Corn Cob Man. It did not. So have I mean, right I there, mean, this movie's true. off to a to a great start. That is true. Uh, and what I really like too is while they're driving into the office, they're playing like a Spanish version of "I Will Survive." So there, any any song in this movie is the Spanish version because they're in Mexico. Like it's the, the they're not no, in Mexico, Columbia. they're in Colombia. Yeah, so it's like Bogota. Build, there's Bogota, one Bogota, building yeah. with all these American employees, and the, we find out it's the government. The government has funded this building, yeah. but yeah, like and it's all of the job songs. ostensibly, right, is to facilitate like hiring internationally, like to get American companies working with these other companies, and like yeah. Right. And but, so we know James Gunn has an affinity for music. I mean, correct. see, you know, see Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Volume 1, and soon to be Volume 2. And so the music, I think, in this movie is great, but they're all covers in Spanish. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so I just thought, you know, and especially I Will Survive, we know this movie's about... Wait, right. I thought Mama and the Papas, they had covered the Spanish version of California Dreaming. I thought that's how that... What? I was oh, I was like, is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing, is it? Sometimes I'm a little too dry. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> Dan here sometimes. Yeah. So right off the bat, I'm like, man, I like that. I just like the fact I Will Survive. It fits the tone of the, the story that we know we're going to see, yeah. but it's also set in, in, in Colombia. 
is. So we have that Spanish. So I thought the music choices were great. Right. So you've got these military folks who are like checking everybody in and they're kicking people out of line. So like if you're uh, if you haven't been with the company for very long or you aren't like what was the there was another like caveat well, they, they were kicking out people they were, uh, kicking out, they were kicking out people that were from the country oh that's yeah. right that's what it yeah. was yeah that and, was, the, and, and so like mike who is becomes our main character is just like what is going on they're just like i don't know there's some sort of weird bomb threat and they just they he asked the military guys why do you, why are you sending what's his name home and he's like pop your trunk and and these military guys are very abrasive they're yeah. not friendly they're right. not talking to them they give commands and they're like checking everybybody's stuff over and they also note that they're not the same guys that they're used to so they have right. a crew they're, they're, of where, like where's, security. where's barry and he's yeah. just like pop your drunk he's yeah. like okay so yeah. they, they get everybody inside and then your day kind of starts like any other day it's you've got everybody kind of just saying hi to some people john mcgintley's being super creepy to like oh the, my the main girl <laughs> oh my like, gosh is I, he I a love, creeper i love the instant message where he's just like usually when people stop like catch you staring at them they usually stop oh, yeah and the <laughs> next one she sends another message so oh, i i like that instant message because at that point when she when she wrote it like i like how he interpreted it as flirting right yeah. because like when i read it i was like i couldn't tell like is this guy just kind of glazed over and staring at her and she's <laughs> she's giving she's, she's misinterpreting or like she's teasing him yeah. or is she really mad like dude you're creepy yeah, yeah. Like, and like as somebody who didn't know the relationship yeah. yet, like we I wasn't yeah. sure how to read it, so sure. I thought it was a really well crafted. It and also, I like the fact that they are because that's the thing in office ba- in office places now is they all have like these instant messengers yeah. into their computers, so it's not like you know you're throwing a paper airplane trying to get somebody's right. Attention. There's like, inner office can, messaging, all the phone uh, apps. You know, I mean, I used to manage the phone system for a, a large company, and they have software where you you know have your contacts you can dial through the computer and your phone rings, right? But also, it has instant messaging just built into it, so yeah. it's all integrated. It's good stuff. I also like like it's good. I'm glad you had an office place that was integrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's very progressive. Thank you. Yeah, very very progressive. Yeah. Yes. So Mike shows back up and he's talking. We find out that these these two are a couple. Uh, I can't remember what her name was. It's not an easy. It doesn't roll right off the tongue. Leandra. Unless you're Spanish, when you roll the R's, it probably. I, th- will. I think it's Leandra. So yeah, they're, they're a couple, and she's like, "Look, you know, we're moving a little fast. I just got divorced." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever." So they have this cute little interactions with each other, and I like that. I I liked them together. Like I liked yeah. their their chemistry screen. was yeah. good. Yeah, it was, and, it was good. And I really like how he sets up the movie. Like the nice thing is that there wasn't a ton of backstory. There wasn't a ton of exposition. You get a quick introduction to the characters, and then you're off to the races. Like when things start up, and they There's, they never they really stop. They don't stop. But but I was actually surprised how quickly they started up. Because, yeah, you know, and, and we're about to get there. But it's like you meet all the little people and you get the cute interactions. There's like wait, uh, there are little people. There are. <laughs> yeah, I think mine. They, they must have messed up the aspect ratio <laughs> well, when I saw it because they were not little people. The broom closet was in four by three. <laughs> so oh, that's see, that's, that was the issue. Yeah. Oh, maybe you had the, that's <laughs> the same. <laughs> so so you know they there's like six or seven floors of this building. Uh, the boss who is played by. Tony Goldwyn. Tony Goldwyn plays the boss. So pretty he's recognized. Up at, he's in all kinds of stuff. He's also a pretty good actor. He's a great actor. Yeah. So he's up Character at the, the sixth or seventh floor. You know, the CEO's got the the top level office there. But we go to all these different floors and we get the interactions. You know, between all the coworkers, we figure out who's who and their relationships. There's and, a lot of red herrings in this first thirty minutes. So like, you see Michael Roker and the guy who who was in The Dark Knight. Yeah. The, the cop, the Jokerized cop in the yeah, Dark Yeah, Knight. yeah, yeah. He was the guy they thought was the Joker yeah. uh, that Harvey Dent beats the crap out of. Yeah. Uh, and then you see, I'm trying to think of this guy's name. He was on Justified. Uh, Brent 
Sax, uh, Sexton, yep. who was Vince, and he's kind of like the HR guy, and he's super nice, and he's talking mm-hmm. to one of the new hires, and he's just like, did you get chipped? And she was just like, yeah. He's like, look, I know it's scary. Like, it's just, you know, this is kind of a dangerous place. They don't really like Americans here. It's just in case something happens to you, we can find yeah. you. And I was like, well, that's going to be a thing. Yeah. And that's then, coming back to haunt somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, uh, the neat thing about how this movie's written is I love that they introduce all these characters and it keeps you guessing because going into this film, you don't know what is going on here. You know the Balco experiment. You also don't know who to trust. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you don't know wh- why these things are happening or who's running this so-called experiment but you know people are going to start killing each other right and so the whole time you're thinking is is not i want my money back yeah we're (laughs) we're thinking uh, don't worry you're not getting your money back (laughs) uh tony goldwyn plays the coo of this company and you're like is he in on this then i thought is mike in on this because he's kind of acting sketchy so you you you're like who is in on this and you know well uh, eventually i don't want to spoil it yet but (laughs) you're thinking who is the one in on this whole thing there's got to be someone on the inside like working this there's an angle right so it does that to where it's not obvious and keeps you yeah keeps you guessing so they get your day is going completely normal and then all of a sudden the uh the shutters like they're, they're these giant mechanical shutters that start closing off all of the windows in this building and everybody's like what is going on and then, you know the, the security guy's like I, I have no idea like there have been bomb threats before like maybe this is just a test and then a voice comes over the loudspeaker and it's just like there's they have a half hour to kill two Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you don't they do say that, you have 30 minutes be... to kill two of your coworkers. If not, there will be repercussions. Right. So then, of course, everybody's, you know, the people the are laughing Tony at Gil- it. Right. Everybody, yeah. But like even Mike is just like, I don't think this is a joke. Yeah. The uh, the COO comes downstairs. Mike gets his people downstairs and like they're kind of concerned. Everyone else is joking and like, oh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, a it's a big old joke. And, and you know, some they, people they think look- that somebody has hacked into the system and yeah. is messing with them. Right. And then uh, as they're all standing there talking, all of a sudden the time runs out. And then what we should talk about, first of all, so Sean Gunn plays this stoner great character. Also, the guy, the the other guy he's with also from St. Louis, the guy up top, the older guy, the big guy, Uh, radio DJ smash. Oh, yeah. That's 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 his son. Ben Ruby's. Yeah. yeah. He was on ER. Yeah. And he was on uh, Jerry on ER. He was on Parker Lewis. Can't lose. He was. That's right. That's funny. I didn't realize that was Smash's son. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. Good. That's really cool. So, so they're up top and uh, Sean Gunn is like, think Scooby or Shaggy Shaggy. from from Scooby-Doo, you know? And I think, you know, he's very skinny guy and he's smoking Smoking weed up on the roof. And so like, I just think of him as kind of that character. And so they're up on the top and, and people are going up top and they're like, well, you got like big head from Silicon Valley's up there and you've got some other uh, characters who are yeah who are just like what are you doing up here? He's like yeah man, just, like did you even read that thing that you signed? Like yeah, they can do like, whatever they, they want to. You, and, they can and, do whatever. He's yeah. like ah whatever. And he's just blowing everything off. He's like I'm cool man. You know I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I, this is you know it's just a joke and whatever. And then time and then runs out. Time runs out and the girl <laughs> the I think girl, that was like, just right talking to him, him just her boom. head explodes. Yeah, and blood all over him as he's you know basically right. brushing it all off. And so <laughs> people are assuming that it's a sniper, especially because the first one happens on the roof, right? And there there are guards and the correct shed across the way yes yeah. and the other person uh, their head blows up in the lobby so right. they all start right, running right. and everyone's get down get down and and you're led to believe the same thing because right. you know you just see someone's head get shot or blown up so you're thinking oh my gosh someone's sh- they're shooting at these guys yeah uh, and they realize like they're running around but they realize there's no one with guns there's no like right, there's all no the people inside anybody yeah the, and i think i can't remember if it's mike or not but someone kind of looks around the corner and is like there's not there's no one here well yeah. i think mike gets up and he's just like, look, there's, yeah, I think you are. I think it is Mike. Cause and he's then, just like, there's nobody then, here. And then is it Mike or is it uh, Tony? 
Goodwin that that pokes around with the the pen. I think Mike goes to the back of. Oh no, it's Tony. It's Tony Goodwin. It's Tony Goodwin. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because he. So they we we do find out that he is a former army ranger, which I was going to say makes sense. Because at first I'm like, okay, I know this is a horror movie and it is a movie, so it doesn't necessarily have to be completely believable. But if someone's heads exploded, I can't imagine a bunch of office workers right. coming up with a pencil and just being like, oh, brain matter. But this guy, but but the COO is ex-military, He's ex-military. And, and is highly trained, and so it makes more sense that he would be the one right. to go to a dead so body. That, so and, he's fishing around in the head. And this is where Mike goes. That's not a gunshot wound. Like that's an explosion. Yeah, it, because parts of the top are still hanging there. Right. Like this it was, like, it was blown outwards inside. Yeah. yeah. Back into the layer. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is a brutal film. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so Mike realizes that it's probably these little things that are in the back. So he goes like he grabs like a, an exacto knife. Oh man! And he starts cutting into the back oh. of his head. When he grabs this thing, this is I don't one think of those... he. I don't think he gets in there. Like because he gets. He's getting he's yeah, trying he to get a it out big deep cut though but, but but like the voice over the system is like if you don't stop doing what you're doing in the next 10 seconds I'm going to detonate the yeah. thing so he's free and his girlfriend is banging on the door and finally he just drops yeah. in but when he but I love so the one of the neat things this movie does so uh, this is directed by a guy named Greg McLean Greg McLean uh, he did something called Wolf Creek one and two Wolf Have Creek you seen Wolf I will Creek? say he Wolf's. also sang American Pie that different guy is that a different <laughs> I think McLean? it's Don okay yeah. oh sorry yeah. sorry. I believe it's Don I don't oh, know. I, yeah. I just thought that was like an Italian <laughs> moniker he's Don McLean but when he <laughs> oh drew, I see uh, what you're yeah, yeah, okay like, okay I was like Don yeah, it's just okay. So it's yeah, but the yeah, director is Corleone. Greg, yeah. his name's McLean. Greg McLean, and yeah. he directed Wolf. Wolf Creek. Creek is this Australian horror torture porn movie that is really good. Like I never saw Wolf Creek too, but Wolf, the original Wolf Creek was one of those ones that uh, came to Blockbuster. Like didn't get a wide release in the in the states. Uh, came to Blockbuster, and I was just like, if you like these movies. Like there's more to that movie. Like the the torture porn just, is there, yeah. But like there's more to this. Like okay. you should check this. Like that was a really good movie. So I mean, you can tell this guy's a skilled filmmaker. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the shots and and just the way the movie is built and paced and everything. But you know, when when you see Mike get the exacto knife and it's one of those that opens, it's protected. And you slide up and, yeah. and the knife pops out. Do they make it's exacto like a, knives that don't slide up? Well, they, well it's, it's more like a box. Around. It's like box a car- cutter, box It's like a carpet. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a box. It's not an exact because some flip open or whatever. So, but you know, it focuses down on his hand, holding it. You know, it's a great shot, and you see him slide the knife out, and you're just like, "Ah, he's gonna dig that into the back of his head. And knowing what this movie is, we're gonna see it. Oh yeah. And so he starts. I will say, like, I figure I want my money back. (laughs) Don't worry. Okay. All right. There's no money. There are no refunds. (laughs) This is going back to an old. Well, old. we didn't even talk about when the movie opens. Very, very beginning, it opens. It's made by Orion Pictures, and it opens. I with, love with the, the old school Orion logo. They have never changed their logo. I don't I think, I think they have changed around. it. I think that they <laughs> yeah. went back and got the original yeah. logo. Oh. I mean, because that was even like still fuzzy. It was like I almost got up and adjusted my tracking. <laughs> like, I was Orion, Orion is responsible for some great. Like great eighties and nineties. I thought I went to go see RoboCop re-released. In yeah, theaters. like when it's, this movie started, I love, I'm like, "Am I watching RoboCop?" Spath and I saw it together, and I was just like, "Is that the old? Like, are they back?" And he he thinks that Orion has now like joined Blumhouse, and like they kind of co-produced. Like Orion isn't it like the heavyweight that they were? Sure, but I think that they have joined Blumhouse, and like they do co-produce these stuff. Move, these companies 
kind of morph over time because I mean I've seen movies that are produced by Screen Gems. Oh yeah, which I know Screen Gems is the production company that made the monkeys. Oh, and obviously there is no relation between the current Screen Gems and the Screen Gems that made the monkeys. But it's Sony's horror wing now. Yeah, what is Screen Gems? Yeah. Oh okay. Because Screen Gems back in the day they did like they did the monkeys. I think they did the Flying Nun. They might have done Gidget. They did a lot of that kind of stuff and. And they were so big, like when the monkeys came out, the record label they were on was called Cold Gems because oh. it was affiliated with Screen Gems. Like it was like that's huh. they had enough juice Interesting. to do that. It was also I remember when I saw the again just to go back to the Expendables that first one had the old Millennium logo, and I was like, is this an oh my, like because Millennium was responsible for like the old Van Damme movies and like those old action flicks, right? And I was like, are they just throwing that in there for fun? Like, is that what they're... Because this is an old throwback, yeah. but... Well, you know, I mean, James Gunn is a huge horror fan, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he wrote Dawn of the Dead for Zack yeah. Snyder. I did know that, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, not, I mean, that's not even he as also, old. He also wrote Scooby-Doo. That first Scooby-Doo was a solid you. kids movie. It was. Yeah. But, so, re- I mean... The reveal at the end. The reveal was great. Fantastic. Well, so, yeah. so Dawn of the Dead is my favorite. The original was my favorite zombie movie of all time. And then Zack... Oh, I was... Okay. And then Zack right. Snyder remade it, and James Gunn wrote it, and... I mean, it is hard when you have nostalgia for a classic horror film like a Romero, Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. and then to have the 2004 version come out and be so good, and that's what put Zack Snyder on that the map. That movie had no right to be that good. It was so good, yeah. and so, I mean, James Gunn loves horror, and that goes back to, he used to uh, write trauma movies. Yeah. Like, James they, Gunn. Uh, yeah, that's right. He has yeah. a huge affinity for horror, so when it, you talk about movies like RoboCop and other or things Slith- that are Did you ever see Slither? Well, yeah, Slither, was Slither, Slither yeah. is great, and it's a throwback to a throw like that yeah. is. And that's, I an think, Ed Wood throwback. And I think that's where Michael Rooker met I think it James is, yeah. Gunn. And so yeah. they had not known each other previously, but now they're close that, friends. Is, who's the good guy? Oh, it's Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah. So, obviously, James Gunn has a huge love for horror. And so, you know, now he's doing big movies like Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians 2. I think in its own way, Slither was a better version of 30 Days of Night than 30 Days of Night was. Which is a sh- like that. Such a great concept. Uh, such a great. Like that, that just got those squandered. Books, yeah. Good luck. Like, if you have those, seal them up. Because those, I think it's like only a four issue run, and man, those things blew up like I'm wow. like very limited you, you release. Can, not even that. Like it was just one of those. Th- like I would compare it to the Walking Dead. Like that first Walking yeah. Dead. The reason it's so expensive now is because it was a low print. So what happened? Nobody is Nobody expected it. It was yeah. There were two books indie. at the same time. So there was Wake the Dead by Steve Niles, who did Thirty Days a Night, and then there was The Walking Dead, uh, and there was just like people thought that The Walking Dead was wake the dead oh. and what image it was a super low print run and what image did is they said it you whatever it was returnable so like you can tear the covers off and send image of the covers back and they will refund the retailers whatever they so spent they did that all the walking dead the walking dead number one the, the yeah. only walking dead number ones are out there that's all you're ever gonna find oh my gosh because all the other ones were destroyed yeah so <laughs> like that's that's Jeez. why that book is a Three hundred thousand, not three hundred thousand, yeah. but like a three thousand dollar book. If yeah. you get a, if you get a nine, a, like a ten o, a real one with a that's cover a $3, on it, three thousand dollar book. Yeah, wow, easy. I sold mine. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, and I so I think that's why you know working with Blumhouse and Orion, you know, and that goes back to his love for the older horror films, yeah. and, and and not just horror, but the eighties action, the gory type of, of film, and and so yeah, it was very fitting to have. I love it. It was with, great. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, yeah. So. The th- you know they're they're starting to figure out what the hell is happening and then you know the the voice comes back over the speaker and they're like if you don't kill twenty people thirty the, is it thirty man they're trimming them trimming the fat quick yeah 
That's the thing They get into it What yeah. I love about this kill movie 30 people in two hours, in two hours Or they'll or kill, or kill, they'll kill 60. 60 Yeah That's right What I love is that they It's a down and dirty Little horror movie It's not long It's not dragged out it's, I like how it, it owns what it is Yeah It like is, like, it is it like No a, pretension No it is like A harder version Of Cabin in the Woods Yeah Like that's what I mean If you want to do A double feature Like do this Like this and Cabin in the Woods Will fit very well together yeah. But obviously, you know, James Gunn knows how to write it, and then Greg McLean knows how to direct a movie uh-huh. like this, because this movie had the tension, you know? So it wasn't just like a bunch of people killing each other, and you're laughing, and it's like, ha, like, just from the moment where Mike is digging in his head, and they give him 10 seconds, and you don't know if his head's about to explode. Right. Like, you don't know what he's going to do. They, they're they very good at building the tension. I when think. they start killing off characters, we're just like, well, I thought they would be around for a while. Well, you oh, know, for sure. Since it's, since it's essentially a cast of character actors, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does benefit from that because yeah. you know if one of these guys was a name you'd be like well they're not killing off the name i mean but the big because, name is michael roker but like but, that's and he was the, number one yeah. yeah and but uh three yeah they actually yeah the someone killed he yeah. was the first um, the first name kill but uh no but the first that someone killed they killed the first two. Oh, okay oh, yeah. i'm I see saying, saying like yeah. the yeah. first one murdered even accidentally uh that we, was an accidental don't well, I, he, didn't mean, he didn't mean to kill him. He like reacted. Oh, yeah. so, so the guy from Dark Knight, that it, the, they're Joker. maintenance guys. So, yeah. so Michael Rooker. I I think they were lovers. There was like the like I, either that or he or like Michael Roker was like taking care of that. Kid. I think they, that, they were good friends. That, like, no, that kid was off kilter. Like Michael Roker, I feel like either if they weren't, I think he was like a father figure to him. He would they were they were what. <laughs> was he a hidden father figure? <laughs> but yeah, so like there these Michael Roker is trying to figure out how to get the hell out of here. You could be both. Haven't you heard that George Michael song? That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Either way, it doesn't matter, but <laughs> it does matter. It's horribly offensive. It is. I'm gonna go see Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Here, that does not here's come. Here's comes to next. That to does not come into play in this plot at all. So that's my point. No, it that it's no. But so like, thank he, you for your observation, you're welcome, Joe. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> they're sitting there and they're like they're trying to figure out what's going on, and then the AC's the, down. They're like we're going to fix, the, fix AC, the AC, and Michael Rooker gives him a, a big wrench. Yeah. You know. Oh, so they are oh, gives, oh, him, gives him the old was, big wrench. I was right. Gives him the old big the wrench. old big wrench. And so uh, <laughs> this kid's just freaking out. I can tighten, but I can also loosen. That's right. <laughs> so so this kid's freaking out though i mean he's you know yeah, michael turned out it was a crescent wrench <laughs> ow 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 oh you think no, that's, that's bad right. <laughs> try try my cross the bear yikes got a plumber's wrench that's you poor poor bastard yeah i mean it's good and it's bad it, it you know yeah. It has its advantages. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't like to brag. <laughs> right. Please tell us the plot, John. I'm okay. going to you continue. So they're trying to fix the air, the AC unit, and this kid is starting to freak out. Like, he's starting to break. And then, so I think, like, Michael Roker turns away from him, or they have some interaction. Well, he keeps trying to com- comfort him. Oh, and that's go right. Closer. He's like, hey, man, you're okay. Like, Stay you're okay. Away. And he just blasts him in the face with this wrench and just, like, <laughs> leaving a easy. That's a <laughs> poor choice of it words. Was. But I mean, like, uh, yes, you're correct. It was a poor choice of words. <laughs> and he leaves this, like, dent, crater. That's like, the only thing I can describe. I mean, it's, like, he cracks his skull. It's not open. like a fountain of blood comes out of his head. Like, it is a indent. Yeah. And he was just like, and Roker is just like, wait, softball. what happened? I thought we were, I, I, we were ha- talking. Yeah. And where are, what's going on? And just like, slides. He's like, give me a second. Let me think. Let me think. And then he slides. And yeah. like when they kill Roker, I was just like, well, 
yes yeah. the gloves are off and i mean head. he's i mean rooker's a huge name like in, i wouldn't in this go film. so far as for a, a movie huge, like no this. I think yes no, yeah, yeah. In this, okay but yeah. in this cast he's, yeah. he's a big name and so when he was the first one i mean because the other two were extra uh, not extra the they other weren't two were important yeah they you don't know they weren't names the no, other two were yeah. just part of the cast and so uh i mean i think you could call them extras i mean yeah. there's, there's obviously a lot background of background characters yeah. yeah so so rooker was the first name to go and when they did that being the first death you're right the gloves are off and you know that there's no one's safe right that's, that's really cool so at the same time you've got this girl the girl who was like the new hire is running around and uh she sees this whole, whole thing happen and she makes a noise my my prediction though I thought from the beginning that she was going to make it yes. like I thought she was going to be thought I thought the new she was hire on her the, first day was going to be the last one to live because of like <laughs> so you know we get it they, I thought she was going to be Steve Buscemi in Reservoir Dogs yeah that's where, like yeah. she gets a like I she really doesn't thought, have the thing like, I, know, I you know I really thought but but also you know we'll get into more of the stipulations as we go through uh, and as more and more people die but like I thought that through a technicality she was going to be the winner no, no, and no, walk well, out of well, there well I thought yeah. so I. I think I thought that she lied where he where he asked he like, because she did give a weird answer yeah you're right because when he has a non-answer she's, she's like, like nah. she's like uh, did you go to the doctor yeah and she was like yeah oh for that thing or what? yeah, yeah it I was, went yeah and I was just like she didn't go to the doctor yeah that's interesting okay yeah. so but anyway so yeah no I liked her character a lot and I thought it was interesting that you know there's there's Cause she's constantly you see her constantly throughout the movie yeah. like she's hiding or she's doing other yeah. things and it's just, her first day yeah. I, I turned I, I did see this movie with Chris and I turned to him and I go dude if you ever thought you had a bad first day <laughs> on the job, could you imagine? <laughs> this poor chick. Yeah. She's like, they're killing each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she sees this all go down. So I'm like dying the, here on my first day. Yeah. Right. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> so uh, like she sees this go down and then like the guy goes after her. Oh, man. And they, get, they get into a tussle and like she slams his head. Like I think she pushes him backwards yeah. and he bounces his head off of like into three nails. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and uh, so like, he's got blood coming out of his eyes out of his mouth and everything and just like and he falls forward and it's similar to that screwdriver scene. Oh yeah. John oh Wick. yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it is. yeah. It's similar to where they pull the screwdriver out except this way his head comes off the right, wall right. and you see the three screws covered in blood. Yeah. And so <laughs> and then so we go back up like this is and then we don't we, like I said that chick pops up yeah occasionally throughout the movie I, I almost feel like she's us she's the audience because it's her first day on the job yeah so, i can see that well they certainly use her for some exposition yeah correct. yeah, so yeah. They, to they explain he explains the, the chip, chip in the right, head right the, so she's us she's the one that like we're here at belco for our first day she's so she's that's her purpose right you know? um, so then we go back upstairs and there's like a meeting between mike uh, the guy from HR, the C- COO. Who's the friend, the British guy? I didn't recognize him. I mean, I I don't know the who British he is. Guy. Uh, oh, 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 I don't know. The, the his know, friend, Mike's yeah, friend, just another guy, bigger guy. Yeah, like Bill. British or Australian? I thought he was Australian. Maybe Australian, and yeah. maybe the Wolf Creek. Maybe he's in. Oh, maybe his, that's possible. Yeah. Um, and then so they're all, and then uh, John McGinley, they're all having this uh conversation where it's just like we, if we don't kill twenty. 30 if we don't kill 30 they're gonna kill 60 so mike's like we cannot mike's kill. like we're not even talking about like this. this isn't a thing so like this is where you get a little tension between him and the girl where she's just like do we kill the 30 or do we wait and let them kill 60 like what what do you and of course the the army guys tell like, why he's why he's the ceo Right, the army guy's like, he's we're, like, we're oh, killing yeah. 30. Yeah, he's yeah. like, we're going to kill some people. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. So, <laughs> yeah, so, we don't like it, but we're going to do it. <laughs> and the character you're talking about that Tony Tony Goldwyn plays is named Barry Norris. That's such a COO name. It is. Such a very, a, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. such a boss name, Barry Norris. Barry Norris. You know, it just. What was. Uh, 
What was the guy from Office Space? Damn uh, it. Lumberg. Lumberg. Yeah. Lumberg. Bill Phil. Lumberg. Phil. Bill? That was Bill Lumberg. Yeah, it's Bill Lumberg. Is it Bill Lumberg? Yeah. All right. That and who was that? That was uh, was Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Yeah, Gary Cole would have been like if you put Gary Cole in this role, just because obviously he can't. I mean, like you could, and it would turn this movie on its head. Where just where Gary Cole turns into like the crazy guy. (laughs) Yeah, I love Gary Cole. Like I'm glad like he would have been great, and it's nothing against him. I'm just glad they didn't put Lumberg in this movie because oh yeah, for sure. No, no, no. Yeah, Yeah. you have John C. McGinley and like yeah, yeah. McGinley was so yeah. McGinley and McGinley's just like yeah. We're gonna kill everybody. His creep meter is up to eleven, and it's awesome. Like in this, you know what I mean? Like right. he is so good in that role. I do like, like. So there's a the the security guy uh, has keys to an. They just happen to have an armory in the uh, in the building. But they're in a dangerous situation. They like they say when that you find out what's in there, though. Yeah, but you're they just s- like, well, they planned this. And and in the you know HR exposition, he says that uh, you know the whole purpose of the chips. I mean, you gotta realize that every all eighty employees that are there have chips in their head because kidnappings are such a big Correct. deal. So Correct. to have a security guard on duty and to have an armory, I mean, it makes sense right. in this situation. It's no. not like it's not like uh, the Applebee's in the manager's <laughs> office has a crate of guns. You know, it's a little bit different. Have you so. been to Applebee's? It makes sense. Well, it depends where. That's See, true, my yeah. Applebee's in Baldwin is probably different than your Applebee's. <laughs> we call ours Crapplebee's. <laughs> there you go. That should be the name for all of that, them. I mean, actually, we call all of them <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I got into a fight inside that Applebee's. Shocking! Yeah. Th- guy stole guy stole money off of a table. And did you think I was talking about other patrons? I meant because you go there. That's why they need the <laughs> yeah. armor. I was, was I not in, clear yeah, about why? Years. No, like this dude. St- like we were sitting there <laughs> eating, and this dude like walked by. Like the table like in front of us had already was had their checkout. Like you know had their cash on the thing, and this dude walks by and just takes it. And then, then somebody goes, "Hey, that guy doesn't work here." Yeah. And I was like, I've mother. never seen that happen, but I've always so thought I, about that. When people leave cash for a tip, I go, it wasn't, someone could just steal it was that. the whole thing. They paid their whole tab in cash. Oh, that's awful. And I've they, always wondered if that happens. So I go out after yeah. the guy yeah. and we get into a fist fight, like in one of the bush and like I tackle him and I take him. Were you know? a cop? At this yeah. Time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, I've got his arm behind his back and whatever. Yeah. And he was just like, just let me go, man. Just let me go. I was like, but fuck you. No. Like, you just made me fight you for no reason. <laughs> if he would have just given me the money, just, maybe. I yeah. let go. He's like, oh, no. So the cops Joy, show up. And they, did you arrest Pee Wee Herman? I did. <laughs> it was very awkward. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I used to love Pee Wee Herman that just went through puberty, I used, to, I used to love your show, man. Like, this <laughs> is so <laughs> weird. So I go back inside. And like, it was this was actually a fight that went into the movie theater. Right. You don't yeah, know. Yeah. There was a whole cover-up story. So there's a happy ending. Well, for me, yeah. was, you know, I'm the poor guy in front of me. <laughs> he just admitted to it. That's, yeah, that's yeah. And also, we go okay. back inside, and the guy. Did you like, order extra butter on your popcorn? Yeah. Why is the back of my head? What the hell? Oh. Uh, so, like, I go back inside, and like the the bartender gives me like two free beers, and then we get our check, and it's like fifty bucks off of our check. And I was like, well, how did you spend more than 50 well, bucks? Well, it was like Applebee's. seven of us there. This is before two for 20. No, I stand though. by my statement. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. so oh, the security guard. Oh, ghetto bees. <laughs> so, <laughs> so pause. Yep. So the security okay. guard has a key to yeah, the armory. Yeah, he's got a key to the basically. armory. And then, so it's, like, it's, it's like a locker of weapons. Yeah, it's not the, really a whole the, armory. The boss, but, like, yeah. This is the point where the boss is like, you should give me the key. And I was like, don't give him the key. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't give that and guy again, the like, key. And again, I like the writing here because this is just not a situation you typically get because he's like, I'm the boss. And he goes, well, I quit. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, is like, great. I thought it was great because <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like, when this is over, do you think I still work here? Right. Like, I'm not coming back to work tomorrow. Yeah. Like, no, if we live through 
through this, I don't work here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't. I choose to not. I will yeah. take my severance package. Right. I will go yeah. back to the United States and yeah. try not to have nightmares about this. <laughs> Good uh, luck. I'm sure you'll make it. But yeah, I liked yeah. his. Where he's just like, yeah, I quit. Yeah. And, and like, and that was in the guy walks the away. The boss was like, like, I don't know what to do with yeah. that. All right. So now we're starting to develop factions. So you've got Mike, his girlfriend, the big, the big guy from HR, the security guy. And then some like maybe that's about it for them because then there's you've another got the, group older, of, the older redhead lady, the heavyset red lit redhead lady who was in Jason. But she X. was with uh, that young kid who was kind of funny. <laughs> he looked familiar, too, but the, his big the young kid. He, so that you know that he was on Silicon Valley. Oh, he's that's been a, him. Okay. Yeah, 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 he was big head. OK, he's the guy. He's that, pretty funny. I like. Oh, him. man. Yeah. So that he's they steal like so the Google company like they think that he is the reason that this thing were like the. Like your guy, your main characters, they think that he is the the guy who created whatever, like Pied Piper. Yeah. So they take him away and they they keep him off. But then they realize he's completely worthless. But they keep prom- like somehow, yeah. His name's Josh Brenner. Somehow they keep promoting him, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like he's an idiot on the show. He's like, I, I, I this is my money, and I have all of this, and it's a very like he's yeah. hilarious. So he's great he, on so the show. He, it's like him with the redhead, and there's like like all the floors kind of have their own fashion because yeah. they work together, you know. Yeah, and so they don't have six or seven factions, but the main ones that you see are like ones that group together. We called it kind of like battle royale. Yeah, it's kind of. Well, that's definitely an inspiration. I think even in the marketing of this, I mean, they own it. It's like this is Battle Royale and Hunger Games and Gremlins 2. <laughs> it's kind of Gremlins 2. He is in an yeah, office, that's like, true. right? That's I mean, true. that's funny. I was I, you know, what's funny. I was just thinking a couple days ago, I think Friday night, I'm like, "Man, I want to see Gremlins 2 again." It's a great I always movie. I always that's watch a good movie. I always watch Gremlins like around Christmas time and then I don't watch Gremlins 2. You I watch just, Gremlins 2 around President's Day. It's such a different movie. Yeah, It's like, completely different I mean, movie. It's, I mean, it's they just went in such a different direction. That it's my favorite is that Phoebe Cates line. I love that speech in that second one <laughs> yeah. so much where she's going on about President's Day. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. So, yeah, I want to watch it. It's just like I always think to watch one and don't go to two. But two yeah. two is just so crazy. Like I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it's just, a fun movie, but it's just so it's, it's so different. Like I, so different. I can <laughs> yeah. definitely see why the first one they invented PG thirteen after that because the fact that it's PG and not R is like oh well, there's a whole scene that they cut where. One of the gremlins, not Mogwai, but the gremlin, they cut the Mohawk? head off. Stripe, spike, yeah. stripe, spike, stripe. Is it stripe or spike? Stripe, because he has the. He's got a stripe. Mohawk. It's oh, a stripe. I it was spike. Either way, <laughs> it's stripe. Uh, You're thinking of Snoopy's cousin. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know the old, the army vet and his yeah. wife, right? Yeah. They were going to kill them both. And like they were going to kick one of the heads down the steps. Oh, like they were going to decapitate one yeah. of them and kick the head down the steps. And they were just like, no. I'm just saying, I get so it. This, Spielberg this, knows how to toe the line. So the of, scene uh, where she's in the chair, <laughs> yeah. that was supposed to be the head rolling down the steps. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yikes. So yeah, so they're, they've developed factions and then um, they're going to break into... So your main guy... Show business. <laughs> There's no business <laughs> like show, and this is where the show tunes start. That's right, yeah, in Spanish. Spanish, yeah. yeah. So they're uh, using it's, the. It's all from this. It's all the soundtrack to Evita. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're going to break into the armory, and then so they're, they're you know again a cri- you know a, a crisis of faith where Mike uh, and like he kind of says he's like we're not doing it we're not doing this we're not killing anybody so that he turns off the. Uh, blowtorch like yeah. he, he breaks the blowtorch so they can't get in yeah they're like you have the keys whatever we're breaking in right and so yeah and so did you mention that um so 
the the COO has recruited like all the crazy people. Like, yeah, all the strong and like yeah, unstable people. So not just uh, John McGinley's character, but then like the big, the big bearded guy that you know kind he's of a always, tough guy. he's always a bad guy. Yeah. That guy's always a bad guy in everything yeah. that he's yeah. in. Yeah, so it's like that's their little group of And yeah. then you've got uh yeah, so the, the Australian and, and guy the joins boy. them too. I don't too. know who he is. The uh, the guy that looked at the new girl, you know, she's staring at him through the cubicle. It's got like longer oh, hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's kind of on their well, team. Well, he lets but, her live. Yeah. He sees her later. Lets I think her live well, again. that connection, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what kind of set that up. But he's on the team for a little bit. Right. <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's, there's some dissension among the group of them. And uh, I'm trying to think. Well, this is when the security guard pulls a gun. Oh, that's right. Okay, so, that's how they get the gun. That's yeah, right. That's so, right. so they're basically like, I mean, they're 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 trying to get into the armory, and the guy security guard pulls a gun on them and says, "Stop that right now!" You yeah. know, and and you know the COO. This is at this point. That's when you're like, all right, this guy's not messing around. No. Like he has turned from friendly boss man to like, yeah, because he starts off pretty nice. Yeah, he is. He does because he starts off like, and he's let's caring. take home. Yeah, and, like it's no big deal. Well, even like and, he walks in on the two like making out, and he just kind of gives him like the yeah. the nod and the wink. You don't yeah. know like, his right. history yet, and you also think like, yeah, he's a good boss, but like his training kicks in and he realizes, I mean, they've given them two hours to kill these 30 people or right. 60 die, which is a majority of the people. And so he's thinking like, yeah, sure. He doesn't want to go kill innocent people, but also double will die anyway. Sure. If you don't. So, sure. I mean, he's being logical about and that's, it. And then Mike's girlfriend is kind of in the same boat yeah. where she's just like 30 is better than 60. And this is where the experiment kicks in. I mean, yeah. this is called the Beckel experiment and we'll get into that more, but it's in the title of the movie. This is a social experiment with these people. And so the question is, what would a group of just normal office workers do when right. given these directives? directives? So they, so they end up, they're running around, well, they leave and they're they, like, let's go. And yeah. then, you know, the, the bad guys, let's call them. I mean, the, their group's they the bad guys. They, they are not happy with that. And so later on, they're in a stairwell. Yeah. And the, they, they knock Mike down the stairs. They think they've killed Mike because they knock him down the stairwell. And then take they take the gun. Well, then they stab. Uh, security the security guard, guard who was just like well it's like well because well, john mcginley says give me the keys he's and like, he says no. you want them and he drops them yeah down he drops the them all the way down and then he just he stabs them yeah and it's just like well i thought that guy was going to be around for a little bit <laughs> apparently not he lasted for a while he did yeah, yeah. Uh, especially for a black guy, for in, a black horror guy in a yeah. horror movie <laughs> i think that was uh, again like not following the conventions you know right right you know james gunn didn't want to kill him off first and yeah. that's, i mean and that's a small small part of the cleverness of the writing but you know what i mean he's not going to just do conventional tropes like sure. that so they get they gather everybody in the base in the on the main you know in the main thing and they say like they start doing like all right if you're well so we talk about the armory so they yeah, get into so the, they armory. Get the armory and there's there's four guns and four clips like that's uh, it i think there's more than that because uh oh, doesn't he, i guess he does say he's like clips, takes extra clips he gives them one per gun right. and then takes the extras right 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 that's right you know, he's the man he's the man yeah. uh so he gets everybody downstairs and he just says if you're if you have Kids. So first of kids all, kids under kids? kids under a certain age. Stand, kids under eighteen. Well, step stand up. to the left. Well, and they, all these people step up and they go over here. Yeah. If you have, if you're over sixty, if you're over sixty, come here. You go over there. Go stand to the right. And I was like, well, those. People so there's, are, yeah, and and so you see what he's doing again. I mean, I really thought they were going to have a part where because there's a there's a lady in a wheelchair floating around. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Right. I was going to be like wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, over here. I think again. I think that well, was. I, I would have liked a scene where it turned out the lady in the wheelchair had children under eighteen. And so <laughs> doesn't know what to do now. What now? What do you do? Yeah, because right. it's like they're gonna look at her as like, well, she's weak. So 
pruner, yeah. but it, you know, she's got kids. I think this this movie is so smart in the way that it really makes you think. So, you know, it's not just a slasher film, it's not a torture porn, anything no. by any stretch well, of the imagination. I mean, no. Yeah, right. But it's not just that because it makes you think though, as I'm watching this movie, and I'm sure you did, and, and all the people watching this movie, what would you do in this situation, right? Because you, you get it. You get the COO's point of view. And I would you get just Mike's go hide somewhere. That's what I would, I would I mean, hide I, and wait. Like the girl. I think the new girl yeah. is smart. But but think about it. So like Mike is like, we can't just kill innocent people. The COO isn't just a crazy murderer yet. But, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he's like, okay, kill 30 or 60 die. Like, I get it. I right. mean, if they're going to do it like, anyway. Once they've proven... That yeah. they can kill you whenever they want. You kind of have to play yeah. by their rules. Right, you're not having, I mean, and so unless I thought, you want to be next. And I yeah. thought the scene where they get systematic is it's like, yeah, that's probably the best way to handle it. Well, that's what it. he says. He's like, I will do it. Like, yeah. and that's like, he wasn't doing it because he was crazy. He's like, right. Right, I'm, the, I'm the boss. And that's I what I take. like. Like, They're, yeah, like it, it, he was in, a, in his own way, he was right. Right. In that he's yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to relieve you of having to make this moral choice correct and i'll do it for you down to the actually pulling the trigger right yeah so they get them all so they've got and then mike there's eight well yeah all they have is eight they start picking more 30 so that's when they go and they just start selecting right i mean just kind of arbitrarily the last possible second mike is like the last one that they pick i think the girl is staying there like no don't don't yeah pick him don't pick him. well and also he they realize that he is a threat a threat Mike yeah, is everybody. Yeah, Mike is their antagonist. You right know, from their point of view, he's the one that will stop them. Right. So they get them all lined up, and then they just start blowing their brains out. Like, yeah, I don't know what else. Go down the line, just, bam, bam. Did bam, you realize bam, bam. Uh, Mike is John Gallagher Jr., who was in Ten Cloverfield Lane? He's the guy in that. Oh, I thought That's he looked you know familiar. From, okay, which is such a great movie. I mean, all three of those actors. There's like three people in the That's movie, it. And, but, some, and some aliens. Yeah. So I spoilers. Mean, <laughs> so I mean, he he was excellent in that. Yeah. So, he was good in this. Yeah, he was so, good I mean, in this again, too. This cast has a lot of people in it. I mean, for you know, for a movie with as many characters as right, they are, they, right. they got some decent names. They do. And, you know. So they're going down the line, and they they get to Mike. And I don't like the power cuts out. Well, Mike tells the Australian guy, he says, oh, he's talking to him. He's like, friends, give me like, your gun. He, and he was like, he's trying to take my gun. And I was like, stop being such a little bitch. But you know that like, if he helped him, the, the Barry would have oh, just shot yeah, the yeah. Australian. You know, it's so, like he was trying to save himself on that point where right. instead of helping him, where you think he's going to help him, right? Like, cause you see the guys breaking down sure, and sure. it looked like he was about to just hand over the gun and help Mike. Right. But instead, again, it's that twist. He, he just, and I think yeah. they kill him. They, they kill the Australian guy right then and there. No, no, no. Cause they that don't? comes in play. Oh, at the that's end right. Of the 30. That's right. Yep. That's right. So, so yeah. So then the, uh, the girl, the new girl that's down in the basement cuts the power. That's Zoe, what it was. Zoe Deschanel. Not that new girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. Who's that girl? <laughs> it's Marlo <Jess>. Thomas. Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So she cuts the power, and then all hell breaks yeah, loose. Yeah, everyone starts running, and this is when they just. Uh, I think someone, it might be Barry. He says, "Shoot, just just start, start shooting. shooting." And they and the, the it is lit- from this point on, it is a unrelenting. It is- chaos it is and, wolf like this is wolf creek okay like this is what wolf yeah. creek was like and and again it's like once this started with the the 30 minute countdown and the two heads exploding like it does not stop right and and, uh, and it, it's just and it's not that long of a movie so it's like it really just just you know people are dying quickly people you thought would live die it doesn't matter um and then meanwhile sean gunn's running around dumping out all the water containers because what, he thinks that there's like psychotropic like he's like yeah. he runs into one of the mind things, control drugs yeah, he picks up the whole jug and he's dumping it out and the guy's like he's like did you drink any of that yeah and the guy's like what he's it's, like did you drink he's like you can thank me later yeah. and then they run away it's a funny 
bit of comic relief in the middle of all this seriousness because he goes to like two or three different water jugs right. and people are just like what the hell are you yeah, doing what are you dumping, doing yeah, you'll thank me later and just walks <laughs> off you know so we get to the end of the two hours and they haven't killed enough so they killed 29 people right and the the again another great moment comes down to when uh it's is it's not the new girl it's mike's girlfriend yeah she picks up like a paper cutter she's well she, she, she breaks the she's paper broken cutter off, off like of, a paper yeah, yeah. like a, like a and, machete and so the australian guy is there and uh he was going to attack her and she ends up hitting him with it she and, hits him in the like the legs and she's gonna kill him and or the hand or something i think he, she goes yeah. something like that and he's on the ground he's like no don't do this don't do this and she is about to i thought bring it down on his head i thought it was gonna be a, a head uh-huh. fate well no pun intended <laughs> but shot. i thought it would be you know she was gonna act like she wasn't and then it was gonna oh, slice yeah. him in the head but then all of a sudden the intercom she lets the blade down and the intercom comes off and it's like you didn't kill 30 people we're killing 60 right and at that moment i'm just like oh that and again i i get it and i think it is good writing but it just makes you so mad because he's gonna die anyway right so yeah, if she totally. would have yeah. killed him and you know fought her moral compass there it's like 30 more people could have survived now for how long who knows I mean, are you guys under well, the impression they would have ever let more than oh no i think one was gonna yeah i mean and i don't even know if that one would get to live oh maybe yeah that's so i you know come to find out i mean and and again we'll get there but it's like it was just delaying the inevitable but still in that moment you're like oh if you damn it because as soon as that goes off people's heads start exploding oh yeah his head explodes yep so she could have killed him and (laughs) saved 30 or he dies anyway right yeah uh but there's this great scene in the lunchroom so it goes back to sean gunn and he's sitting up on a, on a counter and there's people ducking as soon as the, the head start exploding people like, hear them <laughs> and and but but they start ducking under different lunch tables and he jumps down from the counter and he's like this is all in my head and he starts slowly <laughs> walking through the lunchroom and like like landmines heads yeah. are exploding all around him yep. and he's just walking he's like this is in my head this, is this my isn't head. real this isn't real and uh it's just a really cool looking scene right and the way it moves and everything and, so and like, it was all in his head it was true. that is <laughs> true and it soon comes out boop so yeah so we start losing characters where i was like so there's nobody that's gonna make it out of here well because think about we had 80 and then at least 30 are killed right so now we're down to but then six and 30 more get killed so it's like we're down to under 20 right uh so yeah our characters have now like nobody knows who's alive and who's not yeah so like well, they make an announcement now that it's like whoever, whoever has, has the, the most, most kills, kills yeah. wins. And I thought that there was a like I would have I would have done it slightly differently in that because the CEO, because he had systematically shot all those people, had such a lead. It was highly improbable Kill him. that that, you know, so they I think they should have also done it to where if you but if he dies, then okay, hang on. Okay, what, they what I thought they should have done is if you kill somebody you get their kills. Oh, like okay. you're like a Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> and so you well, get... Well, then there could only be one. You, that's well, the there's point. only going to be one. There's only going to be <laughs> one. But, like, uh, but then you get their kills, so it also incentivizes gotcha. you. Like Because if, if you're somebody who's got zero kills, it's like, well, you're well, not going to win. I'm not going to make it. But, you, but, but to be fair, though, but if you have zero kills and you kill everyone, then you still have the most kills. Okay, but if you have zero kills, what are the odds of you being able to kill everyone? Also true. Yeah, I could see you that know, the stronger so, would have more kills, sure. Yeah, that's why I thought yeah. that it, you know, like it, it would, it would give people an incentive to go yeah. out and and like and yeah. fight harder because it's like if you have zero kills, you might as well just put a bullet in your head. Like you're not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna get out. Like so, you should, the you know, you should go. And it also gives people, at least in the short term, I know that they're trying to wrap up the movie, but in the short term, 
to form alliances and like let's the two yeah. of us go after this guy. But or, you, know, you know, and I get it, and that logic is good. But that would have made this movie a two-hour movie. And yeah. So what I do like is how tight it is. I mean, it's like yeah, no, go, I like that. You it's go through the out. kill two yeah. people. No, okay, their heads explode. Kill thirty. No, nope, they kill sixty, and then we're down to the last, and then eventually yeah. it's, it's over shortly. You know, so it is peppy. So two predictions I had here. So at this point, I thought, which may have been a little bit cliche, but I thought someone would kill themselves and be the thirtieth person. Yeah. So I thought they were going to save because I didn't expect sixty to go that quickly. Yeah. So I thought that after twenty nine, someone would end up shooting themselves or killing themselves, and right. like, that would save them, and then maybe there'd be a technicality, whatever. So that didn't happen. And the other thing that I thought would happen is at this point, I'm like, the new girl is going to be the last one to live. Because I thought, well, she's killed that one, and if everyone else dies, and she yeah. killed the last person, I, I thought she was, was going to walk out on like, her first like day. She was going to be like hiding. People have forgotten about I forgot her. Forgot about it. Gets it down exactly. to one, and then she sh- pops yeah. up, and it's like, blam. I thought it would be kind of neat that, like, again, we are that character. It's our first day of Belko. She shows up, and then all this crazy stuff happens, and she ends up walking out, just like we leave the theater. I thought yeah. it would be an interesting twist, but I thought it was going to... uh it was going to be because you know it's a, it's supposed to be a uh, you know a psychological experiment yeah and psychological experiments are notorious especially the unethical ones but even the ethical ones for lying about what their true purpose is sure you know because they they don't want you to try and figure it out so they'll tell you one thing when they're really looking for something else and and uh, um, I thought it was going to be when it got down to the end it was going to be that they had lied and it was ever who had killed the least. Like they were oh, trying that they find the good person. They were trying person. to find the, the best person, okay. not the worst person. Yeah. And so it was going to end up that this this guy, the COO, would be the last of the two. But, but the, he's the bad guy. So he'd the, end up yeah. right that it's going to that they would actually save. Yeah, that he would be the winner, the yeah. Mike guy. You know what I think is I think is really a testament to this script and and the whole premise of this is the fact that we have so many ideas that all sound like pretty good ideas. Like yeah. like we're coming up with how many ways they could have gone is just a testament of how good the rest of it and and the final product is because we're coming up with all these things that could happen and there's not really a wrong answer. I mean, I think all these are are good, you know? So I just, it's a a very intriguing concept, this whole experiment and how people would act. Um, So, so yeah, uh, that girl, the new girl is, is uh, they, there's some elevator deaths, you know, one guy gets his body broken into because at the top of the elevator. That got a great reaction in in the theater. Ouch. It's slow. That one stops the elevator. Uh, Eventually the COO, Barry, that's, that's on there going up to the top. He gets out but the girl is kind of like hanging in the elevator shaft she swings her way to the other she side American Ninja Warriors yeah. her way like across and she the... goes into the next elevator and then again I thought she was going to live she goes downstairs the elevator opens up and there's she's shot yeah right in the yeah. head and I was like whoa Right. Well, not what? It was, it was cool because, again, you didn't expect it. No, hell no. Um, so, yeah, she's gone. And and then this really has come down to, I mean, we should say, like, uh, Sean Gunn and the guy he's with are in the kitchen and they get into a fight. And, and, and Do they? They get into a fight? Not together, but, like, they're one of the guys is shooting at them. I think it's the big bearded guy. Oh maybe. yeah, probably. Um, but uh, they end up flipping over a table. Right. And right, they're right, shooting right. through the table. And yeah. I think Sean gets popped through the head. Yeah. Yeah. Then they uh, both get killed. Like, and when it's uh, through the table, like yeah. through the head. Yeah. Uh, and so he's gone. We're really down to the, uh, to Mike, Mike, the, the, the girlfriend, girlfriend, Barry, Barry, uh, do we say John McGinley? McGinley he, is still around. Yeah, how does but he, he? So he's dragging. Like, oh, at this point, he's like one of the top ones. He has seven kills, I think, and yeah. Barry has eleven kills. Right, right. How did he? He's dragging. He's dragging one of the guys like through. He's like dragging him and hitting and chopping him up, and then and she, then the she girl's re- right there. So, so I mean, this 
is destined. Like she oh, had to yeah. kill him, right? Yeah, yeah. So from the, I mean, one of the first scenes of the movie is him creeping on her, and so you're like, when the goes down, yeah, she's got to take him yeah, out. Yeah, right? you gotta go. So he's standing there, and he, I, he's basically just like, you're not gonna do it, or don't do it, or something like right. that, trying to talk her she out of it. Stomps his face in. Does she stomp his face in, or she cut his like? This is the one where she did. She take the axe and start. Who's she the one does that crushes the, the axe. face? Yeah, yeah, this is it. She takes I mean, the axe and just destroys John McGinley's yeah, face. Yeah, she had she had some built up aggression. Yeah, a little uh, bit from from all the years of creeper messaging. So that <laughs> takes him off the board. Yeah, like so, he's, he's so his gone. score's gone. Right. So then we go back down. Like somehow we get back to our all of our characters kind of hook back up. Well, she is downstairs, and this is actually before Sean Gunn had died. But because they run into each other and they go to the control room where the microphone is yeah. or like the security desk. Oh, that's desk, right. That's right. And she calls for Mike. Uh, Mike is wounded and he's kind of off by himself right now. And she says, you know, Mike, if you're still around, come come meet me on the first floor. I'm here. Because she basically just wants to see him again. I mean, they're all doomed, they're you know. Die, yeah. uh, so she calls him down and then that's later. And then Sean Gunn dies and I think John McGinley dies. And yeah. That's where that goes down. She's downstairs, and, uh, and there's also a guy throwing Molotov cocktails. So this is the, this is the HR guy, <laughs> yeah, who which is, is awesome. who's just like launching Molotov and, cocktails. And he would they get the ingredients for that? Um, you need like gas or something? No, oh no, no he had a gas alcohol. can. What's that? He had a gas can. Oh, he filled the bottles with gasoline. Oh, I'm yeah, yeah, he, he had a gas can from, down, from the maintenance guys. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, he yeah. went. He did fill them up. Yeah. So, but because uh, when they're when they're going through the tallies. Like he is start, he's he, already started he turns to, yeah, like the yeah. thing is like the HR guy was a good guy and he's on Mike's team, but you know, he's got kids and he realizes when the announcement comes on and I don't think we mentioned this, but when they give the tallies, they say one of you is going to walk out. And so yeah. that's where it comes into play. Whoever has the most kills will be the, the one that we let go. Right. So he turns and, and there's this girl that, his coworker that obviously he was close with and he's like i'm sorry and just shoots him in the head and he starts mowing down people down there in the room and yeah. that's when he gets the the molotov cocktails together so he's downstairs launching these things and so barry's down there and and the girl and mike meet up down right, there right, they're right. trying to get past and he's throwing these things and uh did mcginley take him out i know he's kind of already go- dead okay who's the yeah. guy that took the, the i think it was probably the boss maybe it was barry yeah. Then, yeah so so he gets taken out and so now it's down to the girl and, and Mike and well, and then Barry. so they're in the they they they're getting away from Barry, yeah, and then they they duck into they're this, trying. yeah, they <laughs> duck into this uh like storage closet and they are talking and we it turns out that oh she, theater twenty at Ronnie's yeah yeah that's right that's what it was yeah uh, it turns Very out that like I'm in this room <laughs> yeah. oh man the, that would be scary the girl has been shot yeah and so she's not gonna make it yeah Barry's chasing them and shooting them shooting at them and yeah you don't realize it until they yeah, right. slow down so for she's a second, they have so. like a little moment where she's yeah. like I love you I love you too and this is where she dies oh. and then there's a standoff between and Barry down to, Barry and Mike uh, and then there were two and then there were two. And then and I like it. So they they go into a conference room, and uh, I think Mike is like hiding under a desk, and Barry walks in there, and a presentation starts going on about the Belco experiment. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's one thing on the wall. It was either like right before this or in this room where like a about bringing humans closer together something like that and then the projection comes on and they're talking about how boco is this great company and bringing these people mm-hmm. together and you know they go over their uh their elevator pitch or their right. spiel and of course it's so counterintuitive of course it's just funny little humor yeah. there and uh they start fighting and i thought man barry's got the hand-to-hand combat training does, in the yeah. military so it's like how is mike gonna get out of this but they struggle and uh mike eventually gets a like a big heavy one of those big staplers i think is what it is like oh yeah 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 heavy staplers yeah and he's just like and bashing just starts, his head in yeah. with the stapler yeah. and then so mike 
ends up walking back through everything. I thought it was a tape dispenser. One it was a tape dispenser. Okay, one yeah, of those, right, like, big right. weight, I know it was like a weighted. Yeah. yeah. So like one of those big tape dispensers that has like sand on the bottom. Right. A really heavy, huge one. So Mike yeah. walks back out and he like everything opens up and he immediately walks over to the um the shed the shed yeah. the shutters go down we, and then we the need guards to, I forgot we did did you guys mention the that they're picking the bombs out of their heads No I didn't Okay so uh, Sean would... Gunn and the big guy are like cutting out the tracking devices from these people who have already and died I, I, I kind of had a problem with this because whenever they did something that was kind of creative yeah the the experiment would shut them down when he tried to cut out his own device he, he it was they were watching them and they right. shut them down when they tried to hang the banner to get outside help yeah but when they were going around cutting out all the bombs i really thought that the experiment would have stopped them from yeah. doing yeah unless they well they I maybe just true. never predicted that people would cut and like you know they didn't I feel like they that wasn't even everything a, yeah that's i mean that's a good point i just it's just such an obscure weird thing that to cut people's heads open right like, i just i don't know that even the experiment would have thought of that but but at the same time yeah. when you get to the end you see how many they're conducting yeah that's true, true. that's a good point yeah and they should have thought of every, yeah. every so, so anyway so mike, mike uh takes them he's got them in his hand and he's going out and he goes across to the shed well, yeah well, he, well they're in his pocket if we're yeah yeah so, so the he, guy it looks the two like guards he, have dragged him to the shed right so he's got you know he has this and finally it reveals like the face yeah. Of this experiment. The Oracle from the third Matrix uh, yeah, movie. Okay. Second. He's in the second. Second. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, kind of funny when you think of like all the screens. Right. And just the way, yeah. It was done better yeah. in this movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, they, you know, he kind of tells him exactly what this was. And then Mike is looking at the switchboard. And he was just like, look, I don't know what you think you're going to do. And he was like, you know, those bombs. Like, I put them on all of you. And so it flashes back, but, like, you, if you think about it, they do show him, uh, you know, being grabbed by the two guards that bring him to the shed. He does kind of launch himself onto the the, the oracle, the, right, the guy right, running right. the experiment, whatever his name is, and, uh, you know, he kind of hits him, like, kind of grabs him, like, you know, what are you doing? Right. But he was planting so those he, bombs. Yeah, he, hit, he, he lunges again for the, the switchboard, and he just switches all of the switches except for yeah. himself. Yeah. And blows everybody up. Yeah. Which then, I thought was satisfying. Oh yeah, I, I like yeah. I, li- so I, that, I like that. Yeah, because when we got to the end, so like, there's two ways I would end this movie if it were up to me. I would either have him walk out and you just are, and like just go back to life and that's it, cut to black and like, what the hell does he do now? Or have him take out at least a leg of this experiment. You know what uh, I mean? Like, so my ending is he dies, like he gets shot because yeah. like, you can't have anybody get away from this thing. Well, eventually. Well, we like, think we can't get anybody. Get yeah, like I, but I uh, no, I agree because I'm like, are they really going to let someone walk? So no, no, I kind of thought. Know. But you know, I mean, like I thought, oh, are we really going to go to an explanation and then have it be an unsatisfying explanation? Right. Yeah. So I was worried when we got here and the guy was talking to him that he, they were going to explain this whole thing, which like sometimes it's left to the better left to the imagination yeah, sure. what was going on. They explained the thing and I'm like, and then they're just going to let him go and that's the end. So the fact that he had him kill all those guys, I did not see coming. Right. And it was so much more satisfying. Oh, yeah. And apparently there were two versions, two endings oh, that, really? that uh, James Gunn wrote for this and I don't know what the other one was supposed to be. So mm-hmm. I am curious, but I wonder if there was a, a less satisfying conclusion yeah. they decided to, Interesting. to do this one. Yeah. So then like Mike walks out of the shed and he kind of looks up in the air and the camera pans out Truman style, Truman mm-hmm. show style, yeah. and it pans out even bigger and you've got all of these screens and, and then, then more. Oh, and then more. And then more. And then like the voice comes back over and he's like, that is the end of phase one. Now beginning phase and two. And there are, it zooms out into thousands yeah. of these experiments. So, and they're all over the country. There are different languages on all the buildings. Right. 
and Belko logos. And so you realize that there are going to be sequels. Maybe. Maybe. But Maybe. I mean, that's, you know, that's that was, the goal. That yeah. was, yeah. Right. But that's it's always, always the goal. It's always the goal. <laughs> but, but well, I mean, unless you're making Schindler's List. That's true. <laughs> you don't yeah. really want a sequel to that's that. not the goal. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so you realize that like they were just one drop in the bucket. They were one experiment yeah. in this country, you know, ran by this organization. So they he took out a couple guys on this leg, but I mean, that's Whatever. nothing. So, yeah. so well, I think everybody took out a couple guys. Like, I think that's how you became the last one is you. You took I don't think out. everybody took out the people that were running. It, I don't though. think so. Either, oh, yeah. I did think that. I didn't. No, think it that way. Oh. I think they were showing all the people with guns and stuff just winning their yeah. Experiment. And like gotcha. one guy gotcha. like looked like he had won and he kills yeah. himself. Yeah, and, yeah. Know. They expect one person to win, and I, I honestly think they were. Another guy ended up blue. on Ellen. I thought that yeah, was yeah. weird. What? He, he was no. jumping up and down on the couch. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's Oprah. He was jump- yeah, it was Oprah. Oh dang it! I was in PetSmart the other day. Yeah, had to buy crickets for the gecko that my stepdaughter has. Okay. We have to go constantly make runs to buy crickets. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, great. I had boys. I thought I would avoid yeah. stuff like this. Nope. I get a girl. <laughs> and we're, we have lizards. I think you got to like freeze them. Just get a whole bunch and freeze them. I don't know. So anyway, I, I just thought nope. it was... Thought it was weird. So there's a there's a display for like Ellen has her own line of some sort of dog thing. I don't okay. know what it was. I don't remember if it was like dog clothes or dog food. or I don't know. But it's a picture of her and her dog. And uh, and she has a Datsun, and I just couldn't get past the irony that Ellen has a wiener dog. <laughs> <laughs> Do with that what you will. Okay. <laughs> I just enlightening I, as always, Tom. Counterintuitive. Yeah, that's that's that's, uh, that's, all. that's funny. That's yeah, all. That's, that's, that's good so, stuff. Anyway, there it is. back to the movie. Yeah. So this, so, so it ends. I guess is where it ends. Like it cuts off. And, so he makes it for now. For but, now. Um, I wonder if now he runs. That's I mean I don't know What do you even Like mentally What do you even do You go to a bigger Hunger Games Yeah That's what you do So what I was wondering So now I mean just Just speculating here Do you It's phase two all you the take, winners yeah. go and yeah, they somehow yeah, yeah. compete or yeah it's, it's like it's like a turn like yeah. march madness it's like a tournament yeah so i just know. didn't know if like phase two was a different type of experiment or if it was the same winners going to another it's probably you know. a different experiment but it's all the winners yeah that's interesting i thought yeah. it was going to be that the entire thing was secretly run by phil silvers <laughs> what wait no that's the bilko experiment oh <laughs> That's old, bad. Old timey yeah, reference. That's, no, we're not. I haven't had an old timey reference that's in a while. That's true. That's fair. Dan was yeah, here. He'd get the. Yeah. Dan would yeah. get that joke and love it. You know what? I almost, I almost felt young for a second, and then you just brought it back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's how it ends. And it, you know, this is uh, obviously it's going to get swallowed up by the next few weeks. Um, but do yourself a favor. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I think it was a really fun down and dirty horror movie. Yeah. Like, what else do you expect? It was clever. It was smart for what it was like for what it was. I think it has the disadvantage of being released in the wake of Get Out. Yeah. I oh, think, for sure. I, you know, like Get Out. It like and I, this is a smart movie. But Get Out was a brilliant movie. Sure. Yep. And and they're both kind of playing in the same genres. And, oh, absolutely. And so yeah. um. Uh, Both Bloomhouse. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I, I think, like, I, I wish I could have seen this movie before Get Out. Yeah. Like, I, that makes I sense. think this movie, and I, and I liked this movie a lot. I had a this lot of fun is at it. But more I think it, dumb fun than right. Get Out being yeah. uh, sat, and not sat, satire. satire. Yeah. yeah. You could yeah. Satire. Or, or social commentary. It's not social commentary. Yeah. This, this does have that, but it's more of the fun, like, when I think of right. Kong Skull Island, I'm not looking for Oscar winning screenplay. I'm no. looking for. 
King Kong punching lizards in the face. <laughs> Whereas like, so this movie was a down and dirty hunger games, you know, but for adults and office humor, it's not trying to be get out. And, right. And that's yeah, where no, it didn't try and fail. Like, I don't yeah, mean no, it like no. that. But, I just mean that like comparatively when they're released at the same time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind uh, of, it, uh, it did do it a, a disservice. Yeah. It's kind of like this one. Dr. Strange love yeah. fail safe. Right. 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 That that's interesting. Like Godfather three and Goodfellas. Like Godfather three, they came out in the same year. Oh, and so they like. I think Godfather three has the had the disservice of being not one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, like one and two were sure, but then also it came out around the same time as Goodfellas. So here's another gangster movie, right? That's kind of like no, this is how we make gangster movies now. What a weird, you, you know, know what though? Is. Like so that's that's your memory because you're older than us though. But like I found Goodfellas and Godfather three at completely different times and way after theatrical release i think godfather 3 is terrible when i get when you get to the ins like i said on that post when you get to the incest angle and you're just like what i just hate that (laughs) what are you what is happening i'm not comparing the two or like going to one or the other as a theater goer i just think three so bad well i think it back what year was that 80 90 90 yeah so i mean you don't have the internet so you're just like oh man godfather three or goodfellas like those are you, you don't know what Godfather Three until you see it. Yeah. You're just like, wait, it's Sonny's bastard tri- yeah. child, and he's trying to hook up with Michael's daughter. Well, you know what? I always so I always make this comparison that Rocky Five is Godfather Three. It's like no, the same. I'll watch Godfather Three before I watch Rocky Five. But they're the same angle. It's like it's not about the people you want. It's the new guy coming in trying to take over. Like oh, it's the same story. You know. I see. And but, so I think it's the Rocky Five of that <laughs> franchise. Yeah, you know. Okay. Okay. But yeah, as somebody who was alive then, Goodfellas opened in September, Godfather 3 opened in December. Oh, well, good lord. And, and so to have just seen Goodfellas and then go to see Godfather 3, you were just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. This is what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. That's why they say timing is everything, right? Well, even back then, apparently, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, that that's it. This was a lot of fun. I I had a good time at I, it. I was like I said, it's once it starts up, it never lets down. And I thoroughly, from beginning to end, just enjoyed it. It's like check your mind. And again, it is smarter than your average. Just it's it's not just a torture porn or anything no, like that. Yeah, totally. But still, like just have fun with it. You're not trying to make that social statement in the same way that Get Out was. But you just enjoy it. It's got the humor. It is. If you liked Cabin in the Woods by Drew Goddard and uh, Joss Whedon, I think this will be right up your alley. Yeah. And Cabin in the Woods was great. I loved that movie. And Tom, you're not a horror guy, so and you enjoyed it. No, I'm not a horror guy, and and I and I did enjoy so, it. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think this did has a Cabin broader reach. What's that? Did you see Cabin in the Woods? Yes, I thought oh, that was man. amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I loved Cabin. I didn't. In the Woods. I didn't know where that was going to go. Yeah, no, I loved <laughs> right. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. But yeah. you're right. Like that would be a great two a uh, two pack, you yeah. know, or a double feature. Well, if you want to add a third. We can segue into a video recovery. I can pick one up. Did Dan send something up he from the not, salt mines? But I have, oh. I, I have one that I think right. fits in, but it's a, it's kind of a sci-fi version okay. of what we just witnessed, and uh, it came out in. Oh man, when did it come out? Let me cheat and look. Event Horizon. I think it came out in 1973. Uh, <laughs> 1997. Oh, oh, I was a little off. Yeah, uh, but it's it's called Cube. Oh my! Oh God. yeah, Cube. Yeah. Yeah. This, this movie in a lot of ways reminded me of Cube. Obviously, this movie has a much larger cast, so you can get more yeah, killings right. because oh, Cube is more about messing with your head, where this is more about it's it plays messing up more your, of the, the violence. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, messing all, with their heads. We've yeah. all seen, <laughs> we've all three seen a video recovery. Yeah, you know, Daniel picks up and we're like, what? Yeah, what are you talking about? Maybe t- Tom will know because he's older. But like yeah. me and Joe are like, mm-hmm. he's like, this is only available in yeah. parts on Vimeo. Cube's great. That's when they're like crawling through all 
these weird like vents into different cubes and they're trying to kill them. Yeah, like these people just oh, wake yeah. up in this giant cube and Love like it. every like what twenty minutes or so yeah, it, it switches. It, it, it rotates. Yeah. yeah, and like there's all these different people that have these different skill sets that have to yeah. work together. And then if is he, this the D'Onofrio one? No, it's the Cell. That, yeah, that, okay. Um, that, I don't think there's anybody that's a name in this movie. But uh, the Cell's directed. Uh, the guy that did the Cell did the Fall, and he did. Um, he didn't do that uh, Jennifer Lopez movie, did he? I kept thinking as the Jennifer boy, Lopez. The, the Boy Next Door? I think so. I think he Because did. I think Jennifer Tar- Lopez... What's his name? Tar... He has like one name. Tarjan? Tar- I don't know. That, Tarzan? <laughs> <laughs> the Cell. Who's the guy that did the Cell? I'm sorry. I know we're tangenting as we tend to do, but... Uh, Mick G. Oh. No. What no. a fucking Chair. guy that is. Chair. <laughs> Liberace. <laughs> Keep going You might get it here Jesus um, Okay he has two names But he goes by Tarsum Okay His name, his first name's Tarsum so We we'll, did an, we did an episode On one of this guy's movies So, uh, so think, your one name guy Has two names Yeah Well but they usually Just go I find like, a direct. flaw I Kevin think, I think that He doesn't like He's not listed on IMDB As this But in his movies I He think goes it's by like one name You know Quentin Tarantino <laughs> <laughs> you, know, know. you know Ridley Scott When when he directs a movie Not on his IMDB I'm pretty sure It says directed by Tarsum Like he goes by one name In the movies But he's listed like You know t- Martin Scorsese <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up Go watch his movies Directed by Tarsum no, don't go watch the boy next door. Well, yeah, don't watch yeah, But yeah. Cube, but sorry. Cube is, yeah. is, yeah, it's 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 a it's a lot of fun. I've have, it, have you guys ever seen the other ones? I have not. They've I have two no, more. Three. Seen the yeah, first there's one. three of them. Um, I, I heard, from what I understand, two's really bad, and three's kind of a return to form. Oh, really? Uh, kind of like Phantasm. Sure, if you say I, th- so. <laughs> I think after I saw the original Cube on VHFs, of course, you know this is back in the era of VHS. But I think I went and sought out the other two and i just can't even remember them i remember yeah. one being so good cube i think they do something with a three because it's a of course cube. they do yeah yeah the, the e is a three or whatever yeah well then it's not cubed the th- three would need to be that's up in true the that's a good point that's yeah that's a good cube. point yeah it doesn't make any sense good call yeah. good pull with cube well, thank you yeah. but then i saw on on their wikipedia page that they are currently Lionsgate is trying to do a remake you know it's funny i was just going back to that sounds the lambs thing mm-hmm. i feel yeah. like that is prime not for us because I think it would be awful, but like the last installment would be uh, entirely on Rascals. Yeah, the whole thing. Segway, Rascals yeah. and Segways. But it's Will Graham and Clarice. Oh, wait. I was thinking of Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it'd be Will Graham and Clarice teaming up to go after Lecter. And that would be. Does he make it out of Hannibal? I think so. He gets yeah, away. I think so. Yeah. Hey, so like his head what's the last movie Hannibal so the Hannibal is like chronologically the Hannibal is chronologically like we'll know that the way the chronologically yeah. the way they made them is no I'm I think sorry, I'm sorry I chronologically mean, from a storytelling uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Hannibal's, story. Hannibal's the last Hannibal's one Hannibal's the last one yeah okay. and Red Dragon's a prequel to Silence of the Lambs Red Dragon is how he gets is yes I okay. always feel whenever I saw Hannibal in the video store I always felt bad for like that one lonely Mark Twain fan He's like, I love Hannibal. Oh, I want to rent Hannibal. <laughs> Wait a minute, why is he in Ray Liotta's brain? <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> but yeah, like I feel what like delight. whoever owns the rights to that in the, in this era of reboots and yeah. sequels is we're going to get a Clarice and Will Graham team up movie, Avengers style, <laughs> with a new Jack Craw. Was it what's that guy's name? New Jack City, not New Jack City. Who was the <laughs> who's, City. who's the boss? Tony Tony Danza, Tony Danza. but the guy Jack. Judith Light? No, no, Judith Light. Alyssa Milano? She was not the boss. She could have been the boss. Ali McBeal? She could be my boss. Uh, no, Jack Crawford. The guy who is never the same actor in anything. 
Like the guy that played, like the character Jack Crawford is the is Clarice's boss, right? So in oh, the Lambs, see, like, it's Scott Glenn in uh, Red Dragon. He's it's like Howard. It's Howard Cosell. He's Harvey like Rusty Kytel. Griswold. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And then in Hannibal, the TV show, it's Lawrence Fishburne, and I don't even think he's in the movie Hannibal. Like the character's not even in the movie. That's Larry Fishburne. Thank Sorry, you, Larry Cowboy, Fishburne, or Cowboy, Cowboy Curtis. Curtis you yeah. can, yeah. So was it? Go ahead. Sorry, I mean I would like to do one more tangent. Real oh, quick. please, uh, please. Isn't the kid? It was in the original Vacation. Was the guy from Big Bang Theory, John Galecki? No, he, he was, was in Christmas Vacation. The original, oh, the original, the original kid was Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there was. And then, okay. and then that. And then I'm almost positive it's Ethan Embry and Ju- and Juliet Lewis is the daughter yeah. in Christmas yeah. Vacation. Okay. Right, right. So like right. some big names came out of. I mean, people that have done well came out of. Yeah. Chevy Chase. Chase. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Beverly D'Angelo. No, 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 no. As uh, Don Amici. As Ru- as as Rusty. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Ethan Embry was the really. Oh, and Rust and freaking uh, Andy from the Office. Well, that's in the. He's still Rusty. Oh, yeah. He's we were, Rusty in the, the new we were one. Thinking like <laughs> kids that grow up to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so anyway, that's it for this episode. Uh, I guess let's go around the table and everybody can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts B U T T S twenty one. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R Bracket and read the reviews and interviews at ReviewSTL.com. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Don't forget, if you would like to continue the conversation online, we will be there waiting for you at facebook.com slash real spoilers or on twitter at real spoilers or just on the good old-fashioned internet real spoilers.com or dirty pirate hookers.com either one gets you there there you go but one's more fun to type but <laughs> you'll have to explain and to trick people with your browser history because yes. they see it and you're like yeah. wait go to it you got that uh wife that likes to snoop and she's like dirty pirate hookers i ah, that's, how you, oh. that's how you get them. oh it's those delightful <laughs> rapscallions it's real spoilers i love it when people's wives call us delightful rapscallions uh, why was it's i just... why was i ever upset or doubting <laughs> right, you right right so i just won't check these next 10 links because yeah. obviously they'll be movie i'm podcasts. sure <laughs> yes i'm yeah i'm sure this <laughs> anal entry 19 dot org is probably just another link to realspoilers.com. I like how to get a dot org domain name. You have to be a not for profit organization and prove it. And so for some reason they have a dot org. <laughs> so they're a not profit organization. Well, they're just trying to spread the word about anal entry. Yeah, they just want everybody to know. 19, 19 times. Well, the first 18 times they made a profit. They had to give up. And they couldn't get the dot org. Maybe they thought it was dot orgy. That's what they thought it was. Yeah. Like, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I always thought when they were like, we need a dot XXX. And I was like, well, I thought that's what the dot orgy was for. Is <laughs> that, I'm confused. This no, must be no the best. what happens. Yeah. This must be the best shameless plugs at the end of a show. Yeah. <laughs> shameless butt plugs. <laughs> oh, hey. hey. It only took me uh, 265 episodes yeah. to make that joke. Yeah, we'll get there. I think that's restraint. I think that's probably like true. I hadn't thought it. Yeah, right. Just waiting for the right time. Because you're all plugged up. Yeah. So. <laughs> so anyway, that's it for this episode. Uh, coming up on our next episode, we will uh, we will get to Beauty and the Beast. Not to be confused with Beauty and the Beat, the Go-Go's biopic. <laughs> that's not a thing. No, it's not a okay. thing. But their, their record was called Beauty and the <laughs> yes, Beast. Yes, it was. Yes. So, there you go. So anyway, so that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Gizmo kills Mohawk with a Molotov cocktail of whiteout. Oh, and hang on, before uh, before we bail too quickly, let's not forget that Kevin actually sat down with the stars of the film, Michael Rooker, or if you're Joe, Michael Rocker. How did you say it? <laughs> I said Roker. Ro- Rooker. Al, that's Al Roker. That's, yeah. that's oh, yeah, exactly Roker, where you... Sorry, yeah. Yes, right. uh, so, uh, completely well, different interview. So Joe thinks that Kevin sat down with Michelle Roker, <laughs> star of the movie. 
Wait, you didn't do that? <laughs> what? Is that yeah. a thing? No, not so, this time. <laughs> Kevin sat down with the stars of the film, Michael Rooker and Sean Gunn, and uh, and he has uh, some nice conversations for you to listen to. Thanks for taking the time to talk today. Oh, of course. Talking about Wizard World, which is coming up in April here in St. Louis, this is your first time at the St. Louis convention, correct? Yes, it is. Do you get back home often, and uh, how does it feel to be coming to St. Louis for the convention? I'm really happy to uh, to be going home to St. Louis. I kind of had this on my radar that I really wanted to go. I thought of trying to get in last year, but I knew, well, I was working in Atlanta anyway, but... Um, but I, I knew that this year would be pretty shortly before Guardians 2 came out in May, which would be pretty good timing. I, I don't get home as much as I'd like because my parents come out to Los Angeles so often because they have several kids and grandkids there. So I don't always get to go back too much. I, um, I try to get down to their lake house at the, at the Lake of the Ozarks, you know, about once a year if I can. But, um, but just going and spending time in St. Louis is is something I haven't I haven't been able to do as much of as I like. I'd say every few years I get back. We, of course, love to hear success stories coming out of St. Louis, and, and your family obviously has a lot of success, so, so we're always really happy to hear that and put St. Louis on the map with, with people in the industry. It's great. Talking about... Oh, uh, thank you. Of course. Talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously uh, the first movie was huge. It's in the top five highest grossing Marvel films. It was a huge worldwide phenomenon in 2014. You just wrapped production last year on the second one, and the movie's coming out in May. How did it feel to get back together with the crew? You guys seem like one big family. It was, it was phenomenal. I, I really, it was a, you know the best creative experience I've had in my whole career. I think there was a part of me that was a tiny bit worried about how success might have changed some of the people who were involved in the first movie. And, uh, and if anything, I think people were so proud of the work that we did that they were that much more focused and more driven to make the second movie even better. I didn't see anybody phoning it in or resting on, on the success of the first movie at all, not once. And, uh, and that's really gratifying. Um, as you said, that team of creative people has really become a, a family. You know, I think that the, the, the Guardians, Chris and Dave and Zoe and, and, uh, and now Palm and certainly Michael Rooker and Karen Gillan and, and so on. <laughs> Some new, new faces there now, like Chris Sullivan and Elizabeth Debicki. But we, I think they're all just really great people and people who are really driven to make a great movie. There's not any egos in there. And I think that that's a, that's a pretty special thing. So you wear multiple hats in the film. Uh, you know, you of course play a character, but then you also play the stand-in for Rocket and you're wearing the green suit and everything. How are the stresses of playing Rocket compared to just acting as a, you know, a live action character? I, I have to point out, it's not exactly a stand-in. I play, you know, Rocket does have a stand-in. He's a, he's a, He's a stuffed animal. Um, oh, <laughs> I know. I, sorry. Bad ter- terminology. What I, what, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. What I do is I play Rocket on set, then I do the motion reference for the, for the VFX team. And it's, it's, uh, it's a really interesting job. It's something that on the first movie we sort of figured out as we went along what the best process would be for making Rocket as realistic as possible. And one thing you need when you have a character that's totally CGI like that I think it's really important to have an actor there on set so that the other actors 
have someone to work with so they're not looking at a blank space so that they're not just you know hearing lines and all imagining different things they all are seeing one thing they're seeing me and my face where rocket's face is so from my point of point of view as an actor it's kind of just like any other role i i prepare to play rocket for the time that i'm on set but then after the movie's shot something different then happens in the and the work that i did provides a sort of rough draft for the animators and for the editors when they're putting together the movie and then of course bradley cooper comes in and, and does his voice and really breathes life into the whole thing so it's a it's an unusual job it can be very physically demanding at times because i'm down on the ground a lot but it's 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 fun work i'm doing it now too i'm doing that's what i'm spending uh a lot of time this year doing for avengers fantastic yeah um, that's exciting yeah i saw that uh you're also going to be in avengers so so that must be huge and i mean that movie is unbelievable as far as the budget behind it the amount of stars involved I, I know that Guardians is obviously a huge film, but is Avengers kind of the next level? Is it even crazier? Well, I think it's probably only next level in terms of all the different schedules that they're trying to juggle <laughs> yeah. with all these all these celebrities that are in the movie. You know, as far as just being a big, uh, it, it, yeah, I, I don't, I can't imagine ever being in a in a bigger movie than than these Avengers movies. You know, looking at the board, looking at all the the actors that are in in this movie it just goes on and on and on and on it's one massive name after the next so i'm uh i'm very grateful to be a part of it it's been fun so far now going back to guardians real quick so you know you're of course working with family on that film and you and james have long careers you've done a lot of movies you've done tv all that do you find it more difficult to work with family or is it a better experience a mix of both how does that you know i love working with my brother we've worked together in one capacity or another for for many years and he's great at his job and so it's I don't really think of him so much as my brother. Yes, we have a history that's different than the other actors in the movie. But for the most part, I think we have a tremendous amount of trust in one another for the different jobs that we're doing. He's a, he's a great director. I feel like I, I give him what he wants from an acting perspective. He can communicate with me super easily because we've been doing it our whole lives. And so if anything, it's, it's easier to work with him than anybody, anyone else that there is for me. And I, I certainly will, will hopefully work with him, you know, continually for forever, you know, until, you know, for the rest of our careers. I hope that we continue to work together as much as possible. Speaking of working together, so you've got another movie coming out, The Belko Experiment. I think James said this came to him in a dream. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what he, he told me. And then he, he had it just, it came to him in a dream and he wrote it and I think he had the script tucked away for a little while. He just sort of put it aside and didn't think about it but when he had the, a little window to produce something in between the two Guardians movies, things came together so that we were actually able to go, uh, we were down in Bogota, Colombia for six weeks. <laughs> it was another just really awesome experience. Obviously it's a much smaller movie but the cast of actors in it is just Outstanding! It's just a, a, this this great list of a lot of great 
a lot of great theater actors and people who have just been around for forever, really, uh, people who really care about the craft. And that was really fun. And a fun group of people, too. We were kind of, you know, we're making this really intense movie with a lot of blood and a lot of killing and just having a ball when the, when when we weren't when we weren't shooting we were all hanging out together in Colombia it was a lot of fun i love seeing these these movies in the genre that are original and uh, i'm sure uh, you know it seems like you and your brother are huge fans of the genre and so i'm sure this is uh, great to be a part of something like this yeah absolutely so i can't wait for an audience to see it yeah so speaking of co-stars uh, michael rooker is going to be at st louis wizard world as well and it looks like you guys have a lot of fun not only on set but i saw the uh, facebook live video of you at the Stan Lee roast and you were kind of going uh, undercover taping some of that <laughs> yeah uh, Rooker's always a handful he and I have now have done a, we've done gosh how many movies have we done together now at least four and uh, and we've been friends a long time but uh, he's you know Rooker can be a little bit like a wild animal sometimes <laughs> <laughs> do, do you guys? Do you guys? Uh, He's a little hard to corral. <laughs> did you get into any trouble on the Guardians Two set? I don't ever get into trouble. I'm good, but he gets into <laughs> trouble all the time. He's, uh, you know, pulling his pants down at inopportune moments and things like that. He's he's always uh, he's always causing trouble, Rooker. Him and Jason Mewes did a panel at a Wizard World last year in St. Louis. It was absolutely hilarious. He's such a great entertainer. And uh, are, do you guys have anything planned yet about talking uh, on stage? We we do every convention that we do together. We we generally tend to do one. So um, so yeah, and particularly since I know Guardians will be coming out just around the corner from the convention. That uh, that yeah, we uh, I'm sure we'll do a panel. There's something else I wanted to mention, too, if you don't mind. Absolutely. I, uh, one of the reasons, in addition to going back to my hometown and being able to do a convention there, another bonus for me was I'm active in, in animal rescue. And on uh, on Saturday night, the 8th, in St. Louis, um, I'm, uh, I'm hosting a, a fundraising party for Tenth Life Cat Rescue in downtown St. Louis. So we're going to be throwing a party at the, at the Luminary on the 8th and hoping to get some uh, people down there. There's going to be a lot of fun uh, fun events and, and uh, you know, pizza and booze and dancing, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully r- raise some money for some homeless animals. I always see videos of uh, you guys with pictures of different animals, and I know you're big into animals. Is that something that uh, you and your family have been, have been doing pretty much your whole lives? I, I think we've always liked animals. James and I, in particular, I think really really love animals and, and try to get in, involved where we can. I don't know where that particular desire came from, but I, I know that I've always, particularly as an adult, I felt that I, um, I have an affinity towards cats and I, I understand them very well. And I think it's always a shame how many homeless cats are, are, are put down and are living on the streets. And so any, any little help that, that we can give is always, um, is important to me. That's awesome. Well, you're gathering uh, quite the fan following. You've got not only the Marvel stuff, you've got the Gilmore Girls stuff. Uh, it, it must be neat to, to be in all these different uh, subsets of, of these uh, fans. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's I, it, you know, it, in a lot of ways, it comes down to great storytelling and great writing first, I think, always. When, and, and so the, the fact that I've been able to work with creators like 
my brother on Guardians and Amy Sherman Palladino on Kilmore Girls. They're, they're such great writers and such great storytellers that that's what I'm sort of most grateful for. I, if, if, I, if I can work with writers that are half that good for the rest of my career, I'll be happy because it's, it's hard to find, to find really, really great writing sometimes. In Guardians Volume 2, does Craglin have an expanded role, or how is his role different from the first Guardians? Yeah, Craglin has... Um, well, I mean, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't know what all is in there. <laughs> but I, um, but I, I, I do know I can say that, that Craglin does have an expanded role. Uh, the movie takes place just a couple of months after the first movie ends, and the, the, the Ravagers are, uh, are kind of wondering why Yandu hasn't gone hard after... Peter Quill to uh, you know to get him back for double crossing him at the end of the movie, and uh, and so the, the the Ravagers are starting to get a little anxious and talk about mutiny, and uh, and Craglin is sort of caught up in the middle of that. But uh, yeah, I have a lot more to do. It was nice. Do you have a favorite film of all time? Um, I do have a favorite film of all time. It's a very small, low budget Robert Altman movie from the early seventies called California Split with Elliot Gould and George Siegel. And uh, I love it for many, many reasons. Well, Sean, thank you so much for taking the time. I'll let you go, but we'll see you in April. And excited to have you back home. Excellent. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Michael. I appreciate you taking the time to talk, and uh, let's get right into it here. You were at St. Louis Wizard World Comic Con a couple of years ago. I saw your panel with Jason Muse, and it looks like you guys just have a blast doing this stuff. Uh, is that the one where I, I rode him like a pony? Yeah, you were doing all sorts of stuff, man. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God, what a dork. We were two complete idiots up there. It was so much fun. Oh, my God. We had a blast. An absolute blast, yeah. As a matter of fact, not to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you anyway. I think that's actually the convention that I revealed unexpectedly James Gunn's personal phone number. No, at the St. Louis Wizard World? Is that the St. Yeah, wasn't the St. Louis Wizard World? And he wasn't at home, and Uh. his his, uh, pickup picked it up, and he says, hi. You have reached blah, 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 number. That was a couple and of years ago, but I think you're you're 100% correct. <laughs> that was the one, and he had to change his number. Oh, he, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, there you have it. We never know what what's going to occur. That's awesome. And that was, I, that was the one that um, he called me up, and he said, dude, you just gave my number. <laughs> I said, I didn't give you a number out. Your answering machine gave you a number out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't blame me. You should answer my calls when I call you. From now on, he always answers my calls. (laughs) He's always afraid. Oh, my God. I better answer the call. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Uh, Speaking of having fun, I see the videos you post online. I saw that you were at the uh, Stan Lee roast, and you were there with Sean Gunn, and you guys were kind of doing some incognito uh, behind-the-scenes Facebook Live stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I actually talked to Sean last week, and I asked him if you guys uh, got in any trouble on the set of Guardians, and he says that he's the good one and that you're the troublemaker. What do you think about that? Depends on what perspective you're looking from. <laughs> you know, if you're Sean Gunn, everything you do is good, <laughs> but obviously that's not true. 
I, I'm the good one. He's the bad one. He's the undercover bad guy. <laughs> he's the nice. He's the nice. He, you know, good cop, bad cop. Yeah. The bad cops are usually the nice guys. They just, so they get to play the opposites. <laughs> so the good cops are usually the the culprits. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's what I figured. I figured he was probably lying to me about it. But uh, um, <laughs> going back to Wizard World, you know, you guys uh -huh. always have a lot of fun there. I remember this was a couple of years ago, so I know you've been busy since then. But you had a Tom Servo robot that's from Mystery Science Theater at your booth. And I took a picture of it and you shared it on Facebook and everyone loves seeing you with that. You know, there's always stuff like that, interacting with the fans, stuff you don't expect, meeting people, yeah. learning yeah. new things. What What are some of your favorite parts about doing these shows? Shows. Oh, when when the uh, Star Wars robots come up to me and we have a conversation, <laughs> you know, the little the little the little short one, the little R two D two. There's R two D two, and then there's C three PO. I never see I never <laughs> see him, but I always see R two D two. Yeah, guy. he comes up all the time. He's he he never ages. He looks the same. <laughs> I mean, man, I I, I got to tell you, if I knew what that guy ate to make him so, he looks the same, exactly the same. You know, you watch the movie today, and he looks exactly the same. Crazy, huh? I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I know it's nuts. <laughs> so do you keep up with James Gunn on Twitter? Because I'll tell you what, yesterday there were at least two people that asked James Gunn about you. And, you know, someone made a little claymation figure of you and said they were so proud of it. Oh, did they? And, and uh, yeah, and uh, and then James Gunn replied back and said, oh, no, that's that looks way too good to be Michael Rooker. I mean, he's jabbing you on there all the time. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I got to go on to his Twitter because I hear he does that a lot. I'm going to have yeah. to get back at him somehow. You've got to. But you <laughs> somehow, got, somehow, somehow. But, you know, you can really tell you guys are a big family. I mean, obviously, you've worked with James Gunn for a long time now in films, and you guys have become close friends. And tell me a little bit about the camaraderie on set. You guys wrapped Guardians 2 last summer. What was that like working with everybody again? So lovely and sweet and abusive. It's, it's, it's uh, horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> He he treats me mean, and 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 for some reason I laugh. I like it, you know. <laughs> he's such a, uh, uh, you know what? In in all seriousness, he's a great guy to work with and and work for, you know, as as the director and producers, you know, that I've I've been on this project. So he's a great he's a great boss. He he lets me basically. <laughs> I don't know if he lets me do what I want to do. I, he just allows me to go and do what I want to do. And he he fixes it in the editing room for good, goodness sake, you know. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's no telling what's going to come out of my mouth, you know, even even with scripted materials. So we have a blast no matter what. Let me ask you this, because I asked Sean Gunn, I said, did you guys get into trouble at all on the Guardian set? And that's when he said, well, I'm the good one. I never do anything bad. It's Rooker. So let me ask you, do you have any uh, fun stories from this last film or anything crazy, any pranks you guys pulled? Uh, Guardians, uh, Guardians Volume 2. There's no pranking at all. I mean, we're <laughs> totally dead serious in that project. Um, <laughs> honest, really? honest. I'm, I wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. I would never tell a fib. I'm sure ever. nothing goes on on the set at all, huh? Nothing goes on. Nothing at all goes on on the set. 
No, not at all. All right. Well, I'll I'll leave it at that then. I'm trying to get something out of you guys, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this. So you've been a part of so many fandoms. Yeah. You've been a part of the View Askew stuff with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. You've been a part of Walking Dead, but you've been able to reach so many fans and these huge followings. So how does the Marvel one compare, seeing as that this is a huge multi-billion dollar property? Is it different or, or how does that compare to the other fandoms? You know, the fan, the fan base of all of these uh, projects you're talking about, there's a lot of spillover. So sure. the Walking Dead people are a big uh, Guardians fans, and, and vice versa, and and and, uh, and Mall Rats. I mean, all of these projects sort of have the the same the sci-fi uh, action-oriented kind of um, uh, a fan base. You know, when you're doing a movie, you're always thinking of your uh, what your demographics going to be, right? Sure. Uh, I, I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, their, their demographics blew everyone, everyone out of the water. I mean, small two-year-olds were watching it and digging it, and and the ninety-two-year-olds were right. So, and everyone in between. And I I saw the movie with the audience for the first time, and then then we had some interviews afterwards, and. I, I my comment was you're going to have to see this movie at least four, maybe five times, and you're going to want to see it four and five times, and awesome. and because you 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 it takes that much time to actually sometimes get the get the punchline because people are laughing over the punchline and it, it it was just a blast to watch the movie with an audience. And the same thing with Kevin's movies and 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 The Walking Dead. There there are some humorous moments, but uh, you know, but the fans are all. I mean, they're inter interlocking. You know, yeah. I, I like that a lot. Talking about another project you have, the Belko Experiment. I know James Gunn wrote and produced that. What was it like working on that movie? It was a wee bit messy. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, you. you you weren't sure what you were slipping on on that tile floor, you know, at, at times. It was a very dangerous set. I mean, your head could explode at any second. You know, it was one of those. We were in Colombia, and it was a beautiful, I mean, it was the best food I had ever eaten in such a long time. I, I, I'm a big foodie. I, I, I crave going and finding new restaurants and, and uh, experiencing the the, the the international language, which is, I think, our differences make up so much of why I love going and visiting other places and, and other restaurants and the, the experiencing the cuisine. So yeah, and and that was that was a beautiful thing. And but down and down there, I mean, we were we were stuck in that office, and yeah, it got a little messy at times. <laughs> Have you been able to see the film yet at a screening? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Would you say it's, is it horror? Is it comedy? A little bit of both? What's the tone of the movie? You know what? He does a lot of that. Uh, you know, we did it in uh, Slither. Yeah. I did a yeah. movie in, uh, called Slither, and the, the is a horror movie, and it, it had a big dose of comedy. And it was really, you know what? It wasn't even a horror movie. I thought it was an odd kind of three-way love affair comedy that was a bit violent and you know it had worms and stuff and crazy 
alien creatures. It was it was a very you know all of his movies end up having that uh, sardonic humor thing uh, play a role in in, in uh, the whole makeup of the movie. Yeah. Whether it's action or horror or whatever, the, the comedy is always the comedy is based on the not yuck yuck uh, uh, every other every other phrase has to be a joke kind of writing. His comedy ends up being the the kind that I like primarily is the kind that comes out of the situation, and that's sort of what his, his stuff is all about too. Sure, absolutely. Going back to Slither, that was your right. first film with James Gunn, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Was that where you met him? That's or? where I met him. I I, I uh, went in and uh, had a meeting. Uh, we read the script a little bit. And, yeah, ended up getting the role, and so I was uh, I was a happy camper. He he had been a big fan of my work, so uh, he wanted to you know had the casting people call in all his favorite actors. And uh, so I, I ended up getting a holler and uh, went in and said hi. I know that it would be hard to pick just one, but do you have a personal favorite role of yours or a project that you loved working on? It is. It is almost impossible to pick just one. Sure. But boy, oh boy, I've been having such a great time on the Guardian series here, the James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy first one. We just finished the second one. Uh, it's going to be out in uh, May 5th. And uh, that'll be out really soon. Uh, the Belco Experiment is also a James Gunn thing. So um, I'm excited for both of those. And uh, I did another project. It's about the birthing of jazz. It's been so long now. It's been about two years. So I'm hoping this this little project is going to come out fairly fairly soon. Sure, that's uh, Bolden with Ian McShane. Yeah, yeah, Bolden. That should be coming out sometime soon as, as well. So. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Well, uh, Michael, I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure to be involved with uh, talking about the project. Well, we're looking so. forward to uh, Belco in March and, uh, of course, Guardians in May. But in between, we'll see you at Wizard World St. Louis in April. We'll see you there, bro. Have a great Bye-bye. day. Bye-bye.